This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Double love. The podcast in which we explore, with the aid of a can of Zinfandel Rosé from Marks and Spencer's, the, the strange <laughs> and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this is <laughs> part two. Of the evil twin. Oh my god, it's happening. Uh, I'm not drinking Zinfandel, however. I'm on a can of gin and tonic from Aldi. We're so classy, <laughs> listeners. We are, classy. we are so classy, but we are not as classy as our listeners, including one very special listener who wrote the amazing lyrics for the very special version of the theme song <laughs> that you have just heard. Oh my God, it's just incredible. I mean, great work by our listener. That was Ruth K. 83 Great work by you, Anna, in performance. Why, thank you. It was a pre-record, pre-record. I didn't <laughs> trust myself to do it here. Also, we are in the studio, so I did not want to carry a ukulele as well as a laptop. And jingle bells. And jingle bells. Because... <laughs> Hey! <laughs> They're here, Hello. listeners. This is very exciting. We haven't done an episode, like, looking at each other in I don't know how long. Genuinely, since before the pandemic, because we <gasps> came in to do the one with uh, the Sissy That Pod Boys. Yes, we did, with Keenan James. But that was in the big studio downstairs. That's and it true. wasn't just a tete-a-tete. Just a little cosy round table for two. <laughs> complete with uh, alcohol. Now we've got booze. <laughs> I think this is only the second time we've ever had uh, mm. alcohol in the mix. The I other time so. was the bag of cans at the, uh, at the live <laughs> the event. Live show. That was fun. Well, I think we're going to need a drink to get through this. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot. There's so much. Like, we thought we were doing ourselves a favour by splitting this book in two. I don't know if we did. <laughs> this is going to go on for quite some time. A rod for our own back, Karen, again. <laughs> oh, we just love the misery. We do. Um, well, I guess this time we do not have taglines and blurbs uh, because we've done them. That's true, yeah. And our cover, we've we've chatted about. Although, actually, we do oh. have new uh, details for. We <laughs> do covered by the barcode. Oh my god! This I'm was a this was quite a, a stunning revelation. We did not see this coming. No, no, 
<laughs> this is it because uh, Sarah on Instagram very kindly sent on pictures of the Swedish version of the evil twin, which does in fact show us the bit that was missing uh, from behind the barcode, which uh, <gasps> quite stunningly. <laughs> it's it's not anything that we suggested it was in the last one. I mean, yeah, we can we can reveal who who's involved here, I think, can't we? We can. Uh, for it is not an inaccurate depiction of James, and which we thought it was last week, because we see somebody who's probably Jessica mm. lying over the body of a boy. A boy. But now we see that next to this boy's head is some sort of uh, statue thing. Os- Oscar statuette. Yes. It does look very like an Oscar statuette. Does, yes. And uh, it is Todd. It is. Don't want to spoil it too much because this is a scene from the second half of the book. Indeed. But yeah, so it's Todd lying on the ground, uh, unconscious, Jessica looking very worried, mm-hmm. but wearing an accurate to the story dress. She is. Which and uh, we love to see. We always love to see. And that means we've got, a, I guess, I was going to say a twofer on this one, but I suppose it's a threefer because we do have both Liz and Margot. <laughs> oh my God, it's all three twins on the cover. Oh, and I like that you say all three, three twins. Because <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> like she's an official Wakefield. All three triplets. Wow, <laughs> you have drunk the Margot Kool-Aid God there. damn right I have. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so glad we're able to offer a bit of cover... Um, detail hmm. in the second half because otherwise it would be our first ever recap episode without a with no cover description yeah what's the point I know <laughs> well we do we, we did we don't even have taglines and blurbs tagline indeed and blurb yeah. we thought we were bad only having one these days now we've got none <laughs> now we've none look what we did oh god <laughs> well I guess then we'd, we'd better dive right in I guess so these kids aren't going to murder themselves <laughs> Sure, right. <laughs> but we begin not with any of the uh, the the murdering uh, or murderers or murdery. Mm. We begin in San Francisco, where those big fucking agents, <laughs> Ned and Alice, have arrived at the airport, and to their immense surprise, the car promised by Michelle DeVoice oh, has not arrived. No, they are left hanging at the airport, basically. They're kind of mm-hmm. just standing around looking at various drivers and nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. Well, Ned thinks there's a mix up. And like, obviously, <laughs> you know, the, there's been some issue with the uh, with the admin. But Alice is a little unsettled and they give up on waiting for uh, the driver uh, that was promised and they get a cab. But Alice is still freaked out and she ponders her earlier premonition of, of doom. <laughs> and she looks at Ned and thinks his expression was unconcerned, peaceful. I've never been able to explain my mother's intuition to him. He doesn't believe in it. He thinks it's just my imagination. But something's wrong. I love you. Unconcerned and peaceful. It's like, yeah, he's the OG himbo of Sweet Valley. Like, Ned Wakefield never has a fucking clue what's going on in this place. He really doesn't. Just not a thought in that head. He is preposterously stupid (laughs) in this book. It's so true, yeah. Like, oh God. But anyway, they eventually make it to their, oh yes, the previously discussed Fairmont Hotel, real hotel oh, in San Francisco. I was amazed to find this was the case. For Every day's a school day. <laughs> sure is. And Margo is our teacher. <laughs> oh God, we are in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they arrive at that hotel 
And there's no booking. Oh my God, you guys, this trip is going from bad to worse. Yeah, of course, the receptionist is like, no, don't have anything for that name. Don't have anything on there. Michelle DeVoice either, <laughs> unsurprisingly. So she suggests a hotel down the street, kind of mm. rings ahead for them, which is quite nice of her. Very so nice, they, they I thought. they trundle off anyway with their suitcases <gasps> and uh, check in at this other place. But now they're having to stay in San Francisco on their own dime. Mm. Oh shit, yeah, mm. I didn't even think of that part. Yeah. Oh, well, money's no object to them. Well, look, they don't really give a shit, do they? <laughs> not. Well, Alice wishes she never left Sweet Valley and she cannot wait to wing home and check in on the kids uh, because, of course, her mother's intuition is telling her something's up. Oh, there's so much of this fucking intuition. Well, I mean, everybody is psychic in this fucking... Everybody. Like, this half is even more uh, vision heavy Mm. than the first, I feel. True. Um, so we cut to the Sweet Valley Police Station. Liz and Jessica have uh, been collected by Stephen. They've given their statements. And now it's Todd's turn. And he explains what happens. And he admits he didn't actually see the murder. But he's like, but it had to be that guy who I pinned down because he was the only one in there. Nobody thought or <laughs> like, oh, there's a shack at the end of that pier. Maybe somebody was behind there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Never encouraged to anybody. <laughs> I mean... We learn a lot about, I thought we knew it all about how incompetent the police of Sweet Valley were, oh but really, we, we had not seen their true depths. They're so useless. It's like, instead of protect and serve, it just says lol. <laughs> <laughs> On their uniforms and cars, just the most useless. You know, a, a, an arrested person um, suggests something or says, no, this is what actually happened yeah. and I could easily prove it. They're like, no, nope. nah, I'm not check that out. <laughs> I've got an address. Don't care. <laughs> He's a raving lunatic. Don't listen to him. <laughs> they literally keep saying that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, apparently Jessica told them that she saw the the murder happen, which I guess she did. She did see She's, Mar- Mar- Margo in disguise I as guess. Josh push yes. James. I, I guess everyone, yeah, it was so, you know, it was rainy, so everybody lost their sight, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't see anything in front of them. But yeah, like, I guess they know there was definitely like a tussle at the end of the pier and James, yeah, going over the side for mm. sure. So, but yeah, Jessica, it seems to be the most certain that she saw this happening. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the police thank Todd and ask him to to just wait outside. Mm. I, don't, I don't really know why they're asking him to wait, but. I mean, you think they'd be calling his parents, but nope. No, I mean, he's a minor, just <laughs> alleged. Witnessed a murder, but um, <laughs> who cares? So just sit there for a while. Um, and he thinks, I do love how it's so insensitive and also stupid, but they just keep talking about how crazy Josh is because <laughs> he's uh, feeling quite battered after the tussle. And he thinks, in general, basketball kept him in good shape, but he definitely wasn't accustomed to down and dirty fist fights with homicidal maniacs. Oh my God, that makes it sound so much sexier than it really was. <laughs> Well, then Josh is manhandled in, pale and unshaven. Hmm. Um, but he's painfully thin oh. because he's been starving. Oh, poor old Josh. He hasn't had anything to eat in ages. He hasn't. And he's had flu. That's we true. He's not a well man. He isn't. And Todd wonders how he got strength to put up such a, for such a fight. Todd wondered, recalling their vigorous wrestling match. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> It's like when you hear it out loud, it's like, wow, that, that takes on a whole other tone. Doesn't it? And then he says, I guess maybe craziness makes up Jesus. for muscle power. Very insightful, Todd. Wow. But uh, when Josh sees Todd, he tries to warn him. 
Yes, uh, he his outbursts continue and he says, uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh, he's got to listen to him. Those two blonde girls are in great danger. Uh, he says, look, it's Elizabeth she's after. She looks just like her. She'll stop at nothing. Nothing I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he does a full nothing oh, I tell you. He's fully given it everything. And uh, yeah, Todd is just like, what a psycho. <laughs> Yes, he, he thinks that the prisoner is continuing his maniacal blood-curdling outburst. <laughs> you would think, by the way, that when Todd hears the words, she looks just like Elizabeth mm. and she's out to get her, he'd think, oh shit, there was like all these weird occasions recently where I knew Elizabeth wasn't really Elizabeth. Mm. And I thought it was Jessica, but even then that didn't make sense. Just, yeah. you know, think about things for more than two seconds. Oh, if anybody did that in this book, so many things would be resolved. So many things. It reaches cartoonish levels <laughs> in the second does. half, yeah. I have to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, despite um, dismissing uh, Josh's cries, Todd, we're told, couldn't help being disconcerted by the maniac's words. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and he wonders who Josh Smith is and how did he know Elizabeth's name? <gasps> we got to the casa. A gleeful Margo. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got her little access point now because she's uh, managed to like leave the basement open for herself. So mm-hmm. she's now sneaking around the casa <laughs> <laughs> via the basement, uh, as is her want. So she's uh, delighted and thinking some very, you know, unfortunately, very Wakefield thoughts about Stephen. <laughs> she will fit right in. That's what my notes say. <laughs> Please share those thoughts. <laughs> Worrying as they are. Oh, God. Yes. So she's thinking about how tired she is <laughs> thinks I wish Stephen would tuck me into bed <laughs> she smiled at the thought uh, Stephen was such a hunk she had to keep reminding herself that he was going to be her brother oh, she'd have to keep her hands off him <laughs> Margo oh Margo <laughs> well um Stephen has gone out to get painkillers for Liz, who apparently has a headache after the uh, drama of the day as well, she might. (laughs) And Liz is upstairs with Jessica. And then the phone rings and Margot answers. Oh, she's so clever. Honestly, I just, you know, it's all things I would never have thought of. I just wouldn't make it as a serial killer, I don't think. Well, fairness, she's helped by luck because she's always (laughs) like sneaking into the house and when no one else is around, just when Alice and Ned ring. (laughs) At just the right time. Yeah. She's got wonderful timing. Uh, Yes, so the phone rings. She picks it up because she's been expecting this call Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's Alice uh, who's very worried and, and, you know, she can tell already that there's like this worried voice on the phone. She's like, Liz, is that you? So Margot just chats away to her as Liz uh, asks how they're getting on and is just like oh you know everything's fine here but like yeah Alice fills her in on the fact that nobody seems to know why the hell they're in San Francisco Mm. Um, and just says look we're in this other hotel now the Royal Palm Court and gives the number but she does this great bit she's like you know do something to write on I'll give you the phone number now and Margot does that whole thing where she just like holds the phone for 10 (laughs) seconds and it's like yeah I got a pen now (laughs) oh Margot she's just great (laughs) So as far as Alice is concerned, she's now chatting with Liz. The kids know where they're staying now and have a number to contact them mm-hmm. and everything's fine. And she's like, are you sure everything's OK? You know, I've been worried for some reason, but you're all you're all OK, aren't you? Everything's all right at home. So Margot, as Liz, reassures her that everything's fine. Just have a good time and don't worry about us. <gasps> so that's uh, that's Alice and Ned taken care of for now. Well, and we're told Margot needed them out of the way until after she enacted her transformation. Mm. <laughs> um, but she's getting... A little bit smug now because mm. uh, she now knows that she's the only person who can get in touch with Ned and Alice. The actual Wakefield kids have no idea where they are. Mm-hmm. And she sings softly to herself. <laughs> perfect, perfect, 
perfect. Yes, I thought of absolutely everything. Oh my god, but yeah, this she's doing all this while the twins are literally upstairs and Stephen's due home and he missed. Dancing around, singing to herself. What the fuck, Margo? Come on. Then the phone rings again. Oh god. She is really, um, I mean... This is more than a coincidence. I'm sorry, but Margo is uh, <laughs> just hovering next to the phone in a house that has like six phones. There's fucking phones everywhere. Like the twins each have a phone in their rooms. I'm sure Stephen probably has one too. But yeah, anyway, she just manages to be right place, right time <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but this time it's Todd. Mm, yeah, so he's calling after having got home from the police station. Mm-hmm. So again, she talks to him as Liz and it's just like, yeah, everything's fine here. Uh, you know, you can't, you know, that guy is behind bars. He's just some lunatic. <laughs> and, you know, again, this is all just slotting in perfectly as to how everybody else <laughs> has been talking about poor old Josh. Um, so, yeah, she just praises Todd for being so brave. And he's like, I'll always be there to protect you. I love you, Liz. So Margo is delighted with this. She's like, life as Elizabeth Wakefield was going to be so sweet. <laughs> She'd have her very own personal knight in shining armor. So, yeah, she purrs that she uh, loves Todd, too. So she's playing a blinder on the phone anyway. Like, she's oh. got everybody convinced. I mean, I think she probably could have got away with her evil scheme if she had managed to follow through. Mm, Spoiler I mean, alert, she doesn't because there <laughs> are, like, 50 more books. But... <laughs> I know. You love to root for her, though. <laughs> oh, we certainly do. Well, we cut to the Hershey bar where Jessica has cried herself to sleep. And Liz goes down to take the painkillers that Stephen has brought back and wonders what the story is with James's murderer. Like, did he know James? Mm. Uh, and what about this Margot person <laughs> the killer tried to hang the blame on? And then she notices something is gone. Oh, yeah. She sees that her lavalier is missing from her (gasps) stash of jewellery. But she's so tired and drained, she can't think too much Mm. about it. And fair enough, she did just see somebody get killed. There's there's been a lot going on that day, to be fair. (laughs) So um, she goes to bed and we discover... Uh, why she didn't hear the phone ringing um, because the extension in Jessica's room was unplugged so she couldn't hear. Um, You know, it didn't ring in there. However, there must be so many phones in that house. (laughs) And I grew up in a house with one phone and Mm. you heard it wherever you were. (laughs) So true. But uh, (laughs) anyway, apparently the the casa is so well insulated. There you go. (laughs) You can have five phones ringing around the house but if there isn't one right next to you, Mm. you'll hear nothing. Forget about it. Well, we cut to Jessica. Now, there's so much, by the way, re-telling uh, of mm. things we have read a thousand times. She's basically having the marker at the lake dream. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, it's all new to Jessica. So she's completely like puzzled by this. And this girl that looks like Liz who's coming towards her. <gasps> her, her eyes are cold and stony. Oh. <laughs> so, of course, then, you know, the girl takes the hat off and is raven haired <laughs> with something behind her back and it is of course her fave a big butcher's knife of course um, because yes now Jessica is having the same dream that Liz has been having yes uh, so it's the same thing so she wakes up screaming uh, because yeah it's pretty unsettling I'm sure someone yeah. just like you trying to stab you to death indeed though I don't know if they have to go into it in great detail again because we have read this dream about ten mm-hmm. times at yep. this stage <laughs> Um, uh, anyway Liz meanwhile is having another convenient flashback This is like, it's like her dreams are like an episode of CSI or something. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh, this is all stuff I actually knew, but didn't know that I knew. And now this fucking dream is apparently super reliable. But like, 
I just feel like none of this checks out in terms of realizing how something <laughs> happened. Like no. it's ridiculous. But anyway, yes, she's reliving the jungle prom night again. Oh, uh, again. This, this time, notice like she notices a new thing each time, kind of. So she's piecing it all together um, and realizes, yeah, that she's she sees someone at the table where their punch was, who mm. then swirls away, and she's a like, slender oh, arm that touches it. one of the punch mm. cups. Yes, and she's like, oh, was it spiked? What happened? Oh my Christ. <laughs> the punch. Had someone spiked it? I'm almost there, Elizabeth realised. I'm getting closer to something, to finally understanding what happened. It's like, yeah, obviously it was spiked. Yeah. I mean, I know it took them seven or six, however many it was, they keep forgetting themselves, books to remember this. But like, why is this our big breakthrough? I don't know. But yeah, that's, yeah the, the spiking thing is very inconsistent in terms of, oh, oh we always God. knew it was spiked. Yeah. Like, did we? Because none of the fucking lawyers seem to have a clue. <laughs> in the course of this book, like, I don't know, did three people write the book? Uh, probably. <laughs> Seriously, we're all like, over the map on this. Thing, they like. all get a chapter each. Or so, all the ghostwriters. It's like a sort of a round robin affair. <laughs> but before she can, uh, she can sort of perceive the mm. truth. A ghostly figure wakes her up, and this does sound pretty scary. It does sound scary uh, because, yeah, this is described as like she kind of wakes up and then in front of her staring eyes, a ghostly apparition <gasps> loomed over her bed. A oh pale face with a gaping black hole for a mouth Fucking and two hell. pale arms reaching out to grab her. And that does sound very unsettling. But of course, it's just Jessica yeah, uh, because she also had a nightmare and is running into Liz. But they just make her sound creepy as fuck in doing so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elizabeth screams at the top of her lungs. Oh, God love their poor neighbours. <laughs> constant screaming in that house. <laughs> no wonder it's so well insulated. Oh, there you go. There we go. They can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, they're so sick of listening to these bitches. <laughs> well, we cut to Stephen downstairs and making a sandwich and he's freaked out about the day's events as well he might be. Mm. Um, and he rings Ned and Alice to let them know what happened but he's told they're not at the hotel and he's unsettled because this is very weird of them. You know, yeah. to go somewhere else and not tell the kids. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is very strange. Uh, but of course, before you can think too much about <gasps> it, he then hears the scream from upstairs. <gasps> so he drops the sandwich and rushes upstairs as another scream rings out. Because I guess the first was Jessica <laughs> and then the second was Liz. Liz. It's like everybody's screaming and Stephen's <laughs> just like, what the fuck is going on up there? <laughs> so he finds the twins in Liz's room clinging on to each other. And then we cut to Margot's POV. Oh, my. like she she is really getting ahead of herself here. Like she's just hanging out downstairs while all three of the other Wakefield kids are in the house. <laughs> oh, Margot, come on! Like, come on now. She's she's getting cocky, is the thing. Oh. So she hid in the den apparently when Stephen came back from the store. Uh, but now she's creeping up the stairs <laughs> to the sound of all the crying, all this drama. She thought <laughs> licking her lips. <laughs> she's wonderful. <laughs> She had to see it. She had to share it. It was hers, after all. Her creation. She's an energy vampire. She's oh Colin Robinson. <laughs> Maybe she's baby Colin Robinson. She is. <laughs> but way stabbier. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? Maybe though, look, Colin hasn't shown all his uh, skills. <laughs> True. But um, she peers in uh, to the room and thinks it's like a scene from a movie, her own private movie. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So she looks on and of course it's Stephen like sitting between the twins trying to reassure them he's got his arms around them uh, and is just like shushing them and saying it's all right. So it's all very like sweet and wholesome, I'm sure, from uh, from outside. But yeah, the twins are properly shaken like and oh, freaked yeah. um, because, you know, they both had 
weird dreams. And of course, yeah, Liz was woken up by something quite scary. <laughs> <with> Jessica <laughs> hovering over her. <laughs> but uh, Margo's watching all this and she's like, God, they're so jumpy. <laughs> but they ever chill out. <laughs> she basically thinks they need to toughen up. She thinks they've been so sheltered. It's almost unbelievable. <laughs> I was, you know, in general, you'd be like, you know, so you know, one of their boyfriends was literally just murdered. Mm-hmm. But again, these twins have been through so much at this stage. You'd oh. kind of do wonder, like, come on, guys. They probably should have toughened up by now. <laughs> really? By now. <laughs> well, Margot thinks that soon there won't be need for any more violence. <laughs> just one more death. And then peace. Mm. Contentment. <laughs> Safety. <Ooh>. Love. <laughs> And then she takes a last slightly pervy look at her new family. Oh, yeah. Well, she does think that uh, soon that will be her. She's like, yes, I'll be part of that little family. Uh, Because, yeah, she reckons they look like a statue. Three figures carved from the same piece of marble. Uh, That they're like an emblem of perfect family love. It's like the family version of a fucking Pieta or something. Whatever's going on in there. (laughs) Um, yeah, so she just thinks that, yeah, you know, their time is taken. It's going to be her in there soon. And uh, yeah, the clock is running out for, for Liz as far as and, she's concerned. And she feels that like the two thorns in her side, James and Josh, mm. have been disposed of. She thinks the road ahead was clear. She could see its end. Soon, she does. She loves that word. Soon. <laughs> she really does. Well, the voice is, she has become the voice. Mm. And it was the voice's favourite word too. It's true. <laughs> So, back in this room, Jess reveals all about her dream, which we hear about in detail oh again, even though we've no literally way. just read it and we've read it a million times before. <laughs> I think somebody was trying to meet a word count. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we need something to be bigger than the other ones, you guys. Describe the same dream four times, <laughs> quick. Oh my God. But yeah, so she's, she talks them through the weird dream mm-hmm. and then Liz kind of chimes in with what the ending of it is. And Jess is like, whoa, what do you mean? And then explains, look, I've been having this dream for weeks now. Yes. So, of course, Jessica is completely freaked out by that because, you know, it is pretty weird that they've had this, the exact same dream. It is. This whole thing is nonsense, but look, yeah. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> well, uh, Liz is all like, oh, they'd always possessed a special twins intuition. <laughs> and despite their recent estrangement, it's still in effect. But what was it trying to tell them? I was like, <laughs> I don't know, Liz. Do you think it could have something to do with the boy who <laughs> literally said this afternoon that somebody who looked just like him was coming to coming to you? <laughs> Maybe listen to the maniac. (laughs) Well, she just wonders, could the dream be some kind of omen? A deadly prophecy. I mean, I wish the twins had deadly prophecies in every book. It would make them even more ridiculous. But um, uh, Stephen is freaked out by the whole thing. Mm. And he wishes their parents were there. Um, And he goes downstairs and he sees something out the window. (gasps) Yes, even though it's raining because apparently no one can see anything when it's raining. (laughs) But yeah, there's a car across the street, flicks on its headlights and drives away. And Stephen notices the driver has long blonde hair (gasps) in the back. She almost looked like one of the twins. Uh Uh-oh. But he just says, look, I'm obviously just seeing things. I'm just freaked out from what a weird evening this has been. But he does just wish that uh, his parents were home again. It was like just this weird, awful night. I just need it to be over. Speaking of his parents, we go to San Francisco. We're dumb and dumber. Oh my God, these two absolute dipshits. It's like... (laughs) 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 They are so fucking... Well, Ned, in fairness. Alice isn't quite as bad. Um, 
so uh, yeah, Ned thinks it was thoughtful of Koshkin, Griner and Burns to schedule my first meeting for late in the mornings. So we'd have time for sightseeing. I mean, that sounds like a pain in the arse if your meeting is late does. in the morning. You want to get it over with. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, look, it's all foggy and yes. miserable in San Francisco, so they're not even having that good of a time mm-hmm. seeing things because, of course, you can't fucking see the Golden Gate Bridge if it's in any ways foggy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're just kind of, you know, roaming around, roaming around, good place, basically, we killing time until this fucking meeting. And we're killing time because this goes on for about like oh five pages. Yeah. Let's skip to them getting to the building. <laughs> yes. Because, like, we just, the only thing that's vaguely relevant is that Alice. Uh, is wondering about the twins and thinks my emotions are about as steady as ping pong ball lately. There are moments when she wanted to push her daughter's way and other times when her maternal instincts were as ferocious as a lion's. When? Oh my God. You were fucking useless recently. She fully checked out all the way through the trial. And (laughs) after, um, not even the trial, even before the trial, after Mm, Sam died. That's true, yeah. When were her maternal instincts as ferocious as lions? (laughs) You're just windexing the the cupboards. Very true. But yeah, basically the entire time they're in San Francisco, Alice has like a weird feeling and a feeling of dread Mm. and just isn't happy about being there. But they tell us like eight different times a page. Yes. Um, But yeah, anyway, they get to the fucking something, something and something building. KGB. Oh my God, KGB. (laughs) I did wonder, was that intentional? Katkin, Griner and Burns. Wonderful. Um, but yeah, so they get there. And of course, nobody knows what they're oh. talking about, who they are, who the fuck Michelle DeVoice God. is. So the receptionist is like, look, if you want to come back tomorrow, because apparently loads of people are out because it's still fucking holiday time. Yes. Like, this is like a couple of days after Christmas. And I know Americans don't get many holidays, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, uh, they have to come back the following day to actually chat to, I think the head of the legal department will be back then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this all takes way longer than it should. And Ned gets really, like, ridiculously angry. It's like, oh, wow, Ned, who could have foreseen that the unstamped, unfranked (laughs) invitation that was, like, hand-delivered to your fucking office on a Saturday or whatever it was is, um, in any way, suspicious. Because he's really kicking up of a fuss. Like, his face gets red and Alice sees her flustered husband was having a hard time holding on to his temper. Jesus. Like, you don't think anything's weird? I mean, Alice does. Yeah, Alice thinks they should go home. Mm. But uh, Ned inexplicably thinks like, oh, I've had a, a minute to cool off. I'm not so worried. I'm sure everything will be straightened out. <laughs> why? Uh, like, what, Yes, what makes you think this at all? Like, clearly this is all bullshit. Like, and nobody knows why you're here. There was no car. There was no hotel yeah. room reservation. <laughs> this office, I've never heard of you or Michelle's voice. It's like, just go home. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but anyway, he persuades Alice to stay another day. <laughs> oh. <gasps> oh, so seasonal. <laughs> um... And uh, so he's like, we might as well make the post of us. Let's go do fun stuff. And I was like, OK, but she's she's not feeling it. No, I mean, it's pissing rain in San Francisco. Yeah. It's like, mm, no. It's middle of Dece- end of December. Yeah. We cut to Fowler Crest, where Lila is disturbed in the middle of a sexy dream. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, she's dreaming about a sexy Frenchman called uh, Jean-Claude. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, there's a knock on her door. There is. And it's a very uncharacteristically... <laughs> Chirpy Jessica. Indeed. Who's yes. laughing merrily. <laughs> this is it, because Lila's kind of surprised to see her. She's like, what are you doing here at the crack of dawn? Um, but Jessica's like, oh, it's almost noon. It's not the crack of dawn. Which again, not very Jessica. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so Lila's complaining because she's like, oh, God, haven't you ever heard of jet lag? Um, but yes, Jessica is all full of beans, bounces across the room and uh, it's like, oh, I just couldn't wait to hear about your trip to Paris. Very uncharacteristic. I know. So she just is 
yeah, it's just mad to chat about Paris mm. with Lila and wants to hear all about it. And Lila just wants the excuse to sort of brag about mm. her sophisticated ways. So she tells uh, her everything they did. Um, including people watching on the Reeve Ghost and she wiggles her eyebrows and Jessica says, you mean guy watched. <laughs> now, I could mock her. But the first time I went to Paris, I was 23 and mm. I escaped from a press trip to Euro Disney to go on my own on the train to Paris. And I did sit out. Now, what, what day was guy watching? Did sit out in, in a cafe near the Sorbonne and uh, and smoke fag. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> don't Just say no to cigarettes. Um, and realised that I was surrounded by the hottest boys I'd ever seen in my entire life. Oh, wow. So who am I to judge? You know. It's, it's a city full of hot men. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. So I can't mock her when I literally did the same thing. Well, there you go. You and Lila. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. Yeah. But she was uh, surrounded by cool European celebrities with <laughs> royal titles. Who? Uh, Who is she talking about? Princess Caroline of Monaco. Oh, Prince Arthur. Oh, <laughs> where was he from? <laughs> I keep thinking Santa Dora. Genovia. No. <laughs> Some other made-up European monarchy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was slightly more uh, salubrious <laughs> than <laughs> me bunking off a press trip. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jessica reminds her of her New Year's ball, uh-huh. which uh, should be nice and exciting for her. And uh, it's apparently the day after tomorrow. Um, and Jessica is is a bit is very unrealistically enthusiastic proving that Margot does not know her at all because spoiler alert it's Margot it's Margot <laughs> <laughs> well it would be very chirpy of Jessica to be here like you know bombarding Lila with Paris questions oh, considering God, her boyfriend was literally murdered yes the day before. but anyway <laughs> so yeah this version of Jessica is just kind of she keeps asking Lila questions about the party and she's like oh I can't remember did you get a band and is there going to be dinner or was it just finger food and it is very like yeah just kind of very obviously looking for information mm-hmm. it's not very subtle but you know Lila doesn't really care about this because all she wants to do is talk about her amazing trip and how great her party's going to be so mm-hmm. none of this kind of raises any flags for Lila well she does say on one stage enough questions already get a grip will you it's just another party you'd think it was the first one you'd ever been invited to <gasps> Jessica smiles a strange <laughs> fervent glow in her eyes damn it Margot played cool <laughs> <laughs> never because um, she says it's not just another party it's going to be the biggest best party you've ever given it's going to be the most important unforgettable night of our lives mm-hmm. but like again Lila's like yeah I do throw the best parties in Sweet Valley probably the whole state of California it's like yeah this is all music to her ears it really is and then she goes to take a shower and we cut to Margot's POV <laughs> Because of course it's Margot. Of course. <laughs> like we all did now. Oh my God. Yeah, so Lila just calls out to her and says, look, I'll be ready in half an hour. Just make yourself at home. So Margot's like, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> and just has a great big snoop around Fowler Quest. Yes. Quest? Crest. Ooh. <laughs> That's the gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, not even just a few sips into the can of G&T. It's the and Margot the madness <laughs> and the booze. It's too much. <laughs> Dangerous combination. It sure is. Well, she prowls, uh, prowls about the place and we learned that it's a uh, grudge as a kid to Versailles. You know, I'm just glad that they stayed with the uh, the, the classic aesthetic because didn't we only hear a couple of books ago about how Grace was going to replace everything with fucking Ikea <laughs> furniture? Well, Swedish design. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ikea. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think we put the, the Ikea, but yes, 
Yes, I'm, mm. I'm quite disappointed that they didn't go for a full revamp. But. No, so the oriental rugs and crystal bits and pieces and candlesticks and stuff are all still here, so that's good. They are. And luckily, Mr. and Mrs. Fowler are still asleep mm. after their, their travels. Mm-hmm. Um, so she can just snoop around as much as she likes. And she does wish um, that Liz was better friends with, uh, with Lila and her her riches and fancy <laughs> lifestyle and thinks, God knows why. Lila's a million times more fun than that drip Enid. It's like, don't underestimate Enid, uh, Margot. She's the only person she hasn't been able to fool so far, yeah. Literally ever. Mm. The only one who just took yeah, one look at her and said, you're not Liz. No way, not having it, yeah. Well, we won't forget that, Enid. <laughs> the rest of the fucking Egypt <laughs> with way more red flags oh never seem to see it. So true. <laughs> But we learned she's not just prowling around Fowler Crest to check out the glamorous furnishings. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So she uh, she she thinks to herself, it's going to happen here. She's like waltzing across a <laughs> high ceilinged foyer. It's like fucking yes, Margot, I love you. Uh, she is just bopping around, investigates the kitchen because she decides at the New Year's Eve ball, what better way to kick off the new year. Oh my God. Uh, she's, she's in the kitchen and almost fucking passes out with delight at the sight of all the big giant knives. Like her palms literally itch when she sees them. She loves nothing more than a big shiny knife. We know this. Oh my God. She's obsessed. <laughs> But she does think that uh, she can't kill Liz in the house. So you think? <laughs> I just love that Fowler Crest is basically Margot's Cluedo board. She's choosing her weapon. She's oh choosing her location. It's like, With we need, knife. please, a Sweet Valley Cluedo. <laughs> oh, shit. Please, <laughs> listeners, if somebody wants to fashion that whatever way you see fit Margot in the kitchen with the giant (laughs) knife of course I mean it'd be very easy yeah you just solve it immediately every time it's Margot isn't it yeah oh well all the cards are just Margot different different disguises (laughs) Michelle Michelle Margaret Wake who's it gonna be (laughs) oh I I seriously I'd pay good money for that so that's, that's a merchandising opportunity for the future. Very niche, but amazing merchandising opportunity here, people. Well, uh, while she's uh, cluedoing around, uh, Margot figures out that the house may be big, mm. but it's not so big that a scream wouldn't be unnoticed. Elizabeth might very well scream when Margot took her life. I mean, you think people do tend to scream when they're about to be murdered. It's a very annoying habit they have. I know. God, it's it's so ungrateful. Like, they don't understand that Margot is doing important work here. So selfish. Though, in fairness, the Wakefields some of the time they don't notice screams in the ranch house so you're probably grabbed. Also true. Everyone's just tuned out Wakefield screams at this stage. It's like, oh God, they'll figure like, it out. Well, Ned and Alice did because they didn't <laughs> scream when the twins kept constantly waking up oh shrieking God. in the night. Very true. So Margot decides she needs somewhere private. Mm. Some place she could dispose of the body so it'll never be found. I mean, I, uh, that's <laughs> a, your your solution to this issue, Margot, is unconvincing. Mm. Um, but she spots what she thinks is the perfect location. Yes. Is it really? I mean, you know, it's out. It's away from the house. I mean, for the murder so, part, for the murder, yes, yes. Uh, because it is the pool house, yes, uh, out by the Fowler swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, it's set apart from the main house, and there's continued bad weather forecast, so no one's going to go outside the night of the party. So, like, as far as this goes, yes, great spot for mm-hmm. a murder. 
Uh, (laughs) Apparently beyond the pool house, there's a stretch of manicured green lawn that extends to the woods. So Margot's plan is to sneak over at some point tonight or tomorrow night and dig the grave in the woods. (laughs) So it'll be ready and waiting. Now you'd think the woods like right by, but then again, they're not going to know there's a murder if everything goes to plan. I mean, so there's kind no of. I think they're going to see there's some sort of blood. Or, like, I, don't, I can't imagine Margot mm. so good at cleaning up crime scenes, considering the filthy state of her room. <laughs> like, true. she's not known for her, her uh, cleanliness. <laughs> very true. Mm. Well, she did clean down that car after she mowed over that woman in front of her baby. <laughs> She has her moment. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> when enough. When it calls for it, she can be forensic. But also, she'd have to like drag the body across the lawn because mm-hmm. yeah. we're told yeah. there's a stretch of manicured green lawn and she's, then the woods. She's got a disguise for everything. I'm sure she's got like a gardener's <laughs> jumpsuit somewhere that would make it work. wheelbarrow. Yep, she's got it all figured out. I believe in Margot. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I should have faith in her. I apologise. This is disgraceful. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, by the way, it is a residential area, though. Like, some, somebody walking a dog has got to dig Liz up. I cannot believe Margot could dig, like, a six-foot grave. <laughs> but, but maybe she can. You know what? She can do anything she puts her mind to. True. I mean, her she's mind ver- to, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her and the voice. They're in it together and they'll get it done. <laughs> dig. <laughs> Deeper, Margot. <laughs> Well, uh, before she can get her shovel out, um, <laughs> Lila finds her and they leave. Um, but um, Margot's preoccupied because she's thinking the next time she enters Fowler Crest, she'll walk in as herself. I mean, will you, will you walk in as yourself? No, you won't. <laughs> you walk in as being pretending to be one of the twins. Yeah, but that doesn't make for a good line. Anna. Oh, Come on. <laughs> OK, so she says, I'll walk into the mansion as myself and walk out a few hours later. Is Elizabeth Wakefield? <laughs> yes, she will. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile, the real Jessica is miserable and who can blame her? Mm. And um, yeah, she her phone is uh, is is unplugged, but she can hear Liz, the phone in Liz's room ringing. And um, she, she we are told the friends like, you know, have mm. been calling to check on her because James's death has appeared in the paper and she's about to ring Lila. Oh, my God. Which yes. would have... You know, exposed everything. Though, and frankly, this should be exposed anyway. I know. But like, again, it's like, yeah, this is <laughs> like, we know. Yeah, obviously it's Jessica. But just the fact that she knows Lila so well that she's about to ring Lila and then thinks, no, it's too early because she'll still be asleep yes. after getting back from oh Paris. God, so like she's, you know, even in her grief stricken stage, she's still, you know, she knows what Lila's like and what if there's no point in ringing her. <laughs> All that kind of stuff, you know. She understands her best friend still. She does, in mm. a way that Margot never will. Yeah, Sorry, Margot. Margot doesn't have the nuances down yet. <laughs> she, does. <laughs> she doesn't. So, uh, Stephen is going to the pictures with Billy and Liz, but Jessica's not up to it. And she misses her parents and she's freaked that they haven't called mm. and that we, they now know they're not staying at the hotel. Yeah. And she's genuinely scared. Um that something bad has happened to them and wonders, what if she's under some kind of curse? Yeah. I mean, can't Fair. really blame her. No, I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> we cut to Margot. So she's outside and she spies Stephen and Billy and Liz going off to the cinema. And then she is getting very reckless. She is. She's getting sloppy. She really is because mm. she waits a few minutes and then she lets herself into her basement lair and she does <laughs> think I might be pushing my luck because maybe they're just running out for a few minutes. But we're told she doesn't care about the risk. She couldn't stay away. 
as the day of her eternal transformation approached. Yeah. She can't resist returning to the house. Well, the temptation is just too much. She's so close. She can taste it. <laughs> but she's making so many assumptions because she's just like, I'll just sneak up to Elizabeth's, my room. Jessica's probably asleep. Mm. I bet they gave her tranquilizers or something. Yeah, there's a lot she's leaving to chance here. Foolish, Margot. Mm. Foolish. Like, we want the best for you, Margot. Just think about these things. Yeah. I bet if the voice was still there, the voice, because the you voice know. was always saying, patience. <laughs> You're so right. She shouldn't have subsumed the voice yeah. just yet. <laughs> let the, she should have let the voice have free reign. True. And uh, we're, our, our feelings are proved right because Jessica is not tranquilized. <laughs> no, she's sitting in the sitting room. Uh, yeah. So like Margot wanders in, looks into the sitting room and of course finds herself staring at Jessica who's like set up to watch the telly with like a bag of popcorn and she's like, Jesus Liz, what are you, well not Jesus, but you know, Jesus, jeez. Jeez, Liz, you yeah. scared the living daylights out of me. So she's like, what are you doing here? I thought you went to the movies. And Margot kind of realises she's at a loss for words and doesn't know what to say and tries to think why why would Liz change her mind and just can't think of something properly kind of in time and sort of stammers that she has a headache uh, and decided not to go. So then Jess is like, oh, right, OK, yeah, so it's the headache you had last night. And Margot's like, yeah, yeah, I should, I should take something for it. But then, of course, Jessica's like, yeah, but she didn't even get you that aspirin. Did it mm. not work? And Margot's kind of getting annoyed now because... She's never been caught out like this where she's having to really improv on the spot. And, and she is very herself. bad at it. And she's not she's not doing very well. Oh yeah. It's as, it's as well that Jessica is distracted and, you know, unhappy as she is probably, because she's probably not really picking up on how weird Liz is being right now. It's also this is one of those things where it is ridiculous this does not come up. <laughs> where oh. Liz is with witnesses mm. at the cinema at this very we're in a car with Stephen <laughs> Billy at this very moment <laughs> so Margot is freaking out and is like oh I don't feel well enough to talk okay and um, Margot flees but um, she almost does another murder she <laughs> She almost does. Uh, yeah, she kind of starts to wonder, should she just kill Jessica right there and now? She's like, we're alone in the house. It would be easy. You know, Jessica wasn't the twin she intended to become. But when it came right down to it, what difference did it make? And like all along, it would it has made way more sense for her to take Jessica's place. True, true. And they are sisters keeps, under the skin. This is it. And everyone keeps pointing it out to us in the comments. And we're like, yes, we're agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> she should replace Jessica. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> but look, this is what she's decided. It was obviously whenever she saw Liz's picture that time, she's mm. just focused on her and that's the be all and end all but anyway she considers <laughs> doing away with Jessica but uh, and does thank god maybe I shouldn't wait for Elizabeth for New Year's Eve maybe <gasps> I should just go for it <gasps> do it Margo <laughs> but meanwhile poor Jessica feels rejected by Liz because Margo did notice a sort of funny look at her mm. eye but we um, and Margo thought oh shit she's on to me but mm. um, it turns out she was thinking that like yesterday Liz was comforting her and sort of looking after her but yes. Clearly, she was just doing her duty because now she's avoiding her. Oh. And she does. <laughs> this is the thing. She thinks of the mystery murderer and how he was talking, yelling about a girl called Margot who looked like her and Elizabeth and who murdered James and a bunch of other people too. <laughs> then she just thinks, poor James, randomly becoming the victim of a crazed maniac on the rampage. Oh, God. Like, yeah. For fuck's sake, Jessica, join no, the dots. No, like no one is joining dots. No one is piecing anything together at any point here. It's just like, oh, ravings of a lunatic, I guess. <laughs> I mean, those to, lunatics, oh, they're oh, always raving. And there's been like, they've each had so many weird moments where it's like so, okay, a twin is being weird or someone's like oh but weren't you in the cinema or like there's yes, just so many of these so many and nobody is joining dots they are <laughs> refusing to join dots this is the thing it's like 
it's whatever about those weird moments where mm. you think somebody would go, hang on, I wasn't yeah. there or yeah. I was with Enid or whatever. <laughs> it's the fact that Josh has literally said, there's a, somebody who looks like you who's after you. She's and they're coming like, to get you. Oh shit, maybe they're... <laughs> yeah. Is there something to that? Nah. No, never. Um, so the doorbell rings. And we realise Jess has been saved by the bell. Yeah, good for her because I think it was Margot like literally holding a knife at this point. But uh, yeah, so Jess gets up to answer the door uh, and it's Todd at the door. But as uh, she hears a metallic clatter coming from the kitchen as if Elizabeth had dropped something. What could she have dropped? <laughs> so um, she tells Todd, because uh, obviously he's concerned for her hmm. after yesterday. She says, oh, fine. Liz is in the kitchen and then she goes back to the den. Yeah. We cut to the kitchen where Margot picks up the knife she just dropped <laughs> she just loves a knife she can't help herself <laughs> so Todd hugs her and uh, she's glad he can't see her eyes it's like she had a feeling they were still a little wild can you fucking imagine oh God. <laughs> just the crazed look in those blue green eyes I love it um, so Todd is worried about Jessica, understandably, and Margot almost breaks her cover. Oh my by god! By showing her true nature, this is it because she's kind of like, "Oh, she'll survive," and kind of re- obviously realizes her mistake immediately when she feels Todd kind of flinch because yeah. I think they're hugging at this stage. Uh, so again, she's trying to cover like the stupid thing she just said, and mm. she's like, "Oh, you know what I mean is, you know, she she loved James, but she's tough and she's got inner strength to draw on." Uh, but Todd isn't super convinced and kind of and makes a point then when he's like, "You know, I sometimes wonder if maybe she isn't more messed up." by all this stuff than people realise and there's obviously something he wants to ask or talk about there's something on his mind yeah. in terms of Jessica acting weird yeah which is of um, course what the Margot <laughs> moments that he thinks was yeah. Jessica yes but Margot kind of doesn't really know what he's trying to get at and she's like well the real Liz knows so she kind of says, you know it's time to change the subject here and get out of this dangerous topic um, because she's really kind of winging it at the minute and yeah. hasn't been doing super great so far no, no she is not <laughs> So she suggests that they uh, go get some pizza. So we cut to Todd's point of view as they leave, as Marco basically drags him out the door <laughs> and he sees Jessica looking kind of upset and he can hear her mutter about something about the miraculous recovery, which is clearly, you know, reference yes. to Liz supposedly having the headache. a horrendous headache. Yeah. <laughs> and Liz, in inverted commas, mm. is all chirpy and carefree and Todd is freaked and he remembers the trip to the cinema last week where he became convinced the girl with him wasn't Liz Hmm. and thinks if I didn't know better I'd swear this isn't Elizabeth either but it can't be Jessica because I just saw her and then he I mean this is ridiculous like they get so close so many times because he does think to himself you know that psycho with all his ranting and raving about a Wakefield twin lookalike has your imagination running over time Uh like he told you exactly what's going on he did (laughs) fuck's sake Todd (laughs) but he kind of just shakes off the weird feeling uh, and is just like okay yeah cool let's head out Later, later, Mar- later, later, Margot lurks in the bushes, her favourite place, <laughs> after their date. Um, so, yeah, they had pizza at Guido's and then went for a drive by the ocean. Um, and Margot sort of feels it was sort of OK, but mm. it's clear that Todd was like really freaked out by everything. Yeah, he's kind of keeping her at arm's length. And oh, sure. She sure has. <laughs> She's kind of annoyed by that. He's like, he didn't even try to kiss me goodnight. Uh, so she's not too impressed with how this date went. Uh, apparently he didn't say, oh yeah, because she wanted to park somewhere, but Todd insisted they keep driving as if he were afraid she'd molest him if he stopped the car for five seconds. Like, Margot is horny. We know this much about her. She'd be giving him a hand job like, next to the 
while they were driving. Oh, God. She practically did in the last that's part of the book. That's true. That's true. Oh, my God. Yeah, she needs he, to rein it in a little bit if she wants to pull off being less. Or she doesn't want to have a car crash. Or I mean, that, I guess. Yeah. Safety first, Margo. Come on. <laughs> but... Um, she yeah, she thinks that Todd probably thinks sweet, gentle Elizabeth still traumatised about what happened to James. Oh, well, there'll be plenty of time for passion and romance after <laughs> she becomes Elizabeth. And then she hopes she doesn't have to kill a hunk. <laughs> it would be a shame to have to do away with such a hunk, she thinks. I mean, it would be a waste of yeah. a good hunk, apparently. <laughs> You can't waste those hunks. You sure can't, you know. I mean, not that they're in short supply or anything, but oh, you know. No. You not this just, town. You can't just waste a quality hunk for no reason. <laughs> but needs must, Karen. Needs must. <laughs> so she gets home to her fetid den <laughs> and uh, she's amused by her triumph over Josh. She literally giggles at the thought of him being stuck in prison. Mm. Um, by the way, she hasn't cleaned up. <laughs> like, like, still rotten. <laughs> if the police had actually listened to Josh, which uh, you would hope they would. Nope. Um, at, uh, uh, and and just even check the address. Oh, I know. This is it. It's like, if he's saying, look, there's someone with a murder room. Like, here's the address. Is, she is planning to kill this girl. Here's an address. Like, go check it out. No, <laughs> none of these things happened. And she, and the fact that she's, I mean, she does know the Sweet Valley Police, I guess, or I guess, somehow, yeah. because she knows they can't be ours following <laughs> up on anything. This is true. Yeah. But um, she uh, does do some homework. She's very diligent. She's uh, checking out her Elizabeth notes. Oh. <laughs> she's also, yeah, she's practicing uh, Elizabeth's signature as well, I think, as she's uh, <laughs> she's doing all her little bits of homework. Mm. But uh, yeah, she needs to, uh, yeah, she's a few little details to iron out still. Apparently all the, the hard work is done. Yeah. Uh, so what she has left to figure out is what the twins are going to wear to the ball so she can duplicate Liz's outfit. And of course, <laughs> the murder itself. <laughs> and then she smiles and thinks, but that would be... A piece of cake. <laughs> What's another murder? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she's come so close to killing at least two people today. <laughs> Just in one day. Yeah. <laughs> Next day, oh, two fucking Egypts are back at the KGB office <laughs> in San Francisco and they meet Mr. Vasquez, um, who uh, Ned tells him everything, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. And he uh, takes... Like says, yeah, nobody called your receptionist was right or yeah. my receptionist was right. There is no Michelle DeVoice. Mm-hmm. And uh, says, no one knows anything about any consulting job you might have been considered for. No one had even heard your name. Who says that to a Wakefield <laughs> in the state of California? How dare he? <laughs> Jail for Mr. Vasquez. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good for him to get a little you know, reality check. A li- it's no harm. It's absolutely no harm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, so anyway, clearly, yeah, he has no idea what Ned's talking about. So Ned actually shows him the letter that he'd gotten. And Mr. Vasquez is like, yeah, this is a forgery. This isn't even our letterhead. <gasps> no. We would never do something like this. Oh my God. Um, he's, he apologizes for all the trouble and is like, look, just leave me your phone number in case something turns up to help us unravel the mystery. Um, so yeah, so it was all for nothing. Yeah. And eventually Ned does lose his temper and he's like, why would anybody pull such a stunt? This is outrageous. <sighs> and Alice is just like, can we please just go home? <laughs> I mean, of course they don't ring their kids straight away. No. 
there might be one moment where Margot was hovering, <laughs> ready to pounce from the basement. <laughs> I mean, the way Margot hovers next to the phone is the way you might hover next to the phone when you were a teenager mm. or in college and there was a landline and you were waiting for somebody special to call yeah. you and didn't want your parents to be the ones to, or siblings to be the ones to answer. Indeed. But she's just always there. True. Like flinging herself towards it, as far as I can say. <laughs> so we cut to Fowler Crest, where Amy, Amy is admiring Lila's fancy party plans, including flowers from Petal Pushers, yes. which I seem to remember we had before. We did. Can you remember what book? No, I cannot. Neither <laughs> <That laughs> can I. Way too specific after a hundred books. <laughs> but yes, they've definitely appeared before. Yeah, it was familiar. I've, I've been impressed by that name before. <laughs> I mean, I think we were just glad it wasn't the, the flower, flower shop. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it sounds very fancy. This it soiree really does. Like I know Lila's, you know, her, her parties tend to be fancy, but Aww. yeah, there's there's piles and piles of flowers, decorations. <gasps> She's going to do a balloon drop. Like yes, there's a lot of going confetti. on here. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised she doesn't have like a glitter cannon or something. Oh wow, that'd be good. <laughs> um, but uh, just all the party planning, there's something missing. And that something is Jessica. <gasps> oh, yeah. So it's her and Amy are kind of just bopping around, decorating things. But obviously, yeah, they're missing Jessica. And Lila is puzzled uh, by uh-huh. the fact that, you know, <laughs> Jessica was there just yesterday morning, completely cheerful and wanted to go shopping. Didn't say a single thing about James getting killed. Uh, which, of course, very strange behaviour. Very but, strange. Uh, but Amy explains it away, saying that she sees this type of thing all the time, uh, you know, with all her work with Project Youth, oh, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she was probably still in a total state of shock and denial. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, Lila does think, you know, poor Jessica, but also does think, God, having somebody murdered really puts a damper on things. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. She's trying to plan a party here. And oh, actually, also, I do want to point out that among her decorations, <gasps> there is, in fact, a hand-cut crystal Waterford vase. Oh, <laughs> Waterford in the house! Shout out to Waterford up the fucking data. So I was <laughs> so excited <laughs> to see Waterford in a Sweet Valley book. Never thought Dublin hasn't turned up in a Sweet Valley book. That's true. I <laughs> Waterford did. I will accept that Waterford in the world of Sweet Valley Hooray! is superior. Waterford exists in the world of Sweet oh Valley. Oh God, so it does. And I am so excited. You're in the canon. I'm basically there. <laughs> I'm not. Hard luck, Anna. Uh, I'll accept it. Um, so amid the Waterford crystal, Lila hopes that Jessica will, will even come to her mm. big bash. Um, but hopes that she does and um, is determined that uh, she says, I'll just see to it that my party is uh, the start of happier times for her. So I guess she's seeing this as a kind of new beginning. Yes, fresh start for everybody. Oh, my God. Everyone needs a party. <laughs> well, that, we cut to the airport. Oh, God. I could describe this in <laughs> three sentences. Now, Alice's flight has been cancelled mm-hmm. because of the storm. Next flight will be the next day. Alice rings home and gets... Elizabeth? Look, how did she do it? Yeah, she's always there. I swear to God, she's just like hovering. Just waiting, intercepting like, every phone like call. Like me in 1995. <laughs> um, and she tells, Alice tells Liz all and Liz says everything's fine at home, but Alice tells her mother's intuition. She still just has this weird feeling of dread looming over her all the time. As she does in every single scene. Yep. So we cut to the casa and Stephen... Um, looks up and uh, sees his sister walking past the den and says, who was that on the phone? Just Penny. 
<laughs> says Elizabeth. <laughs> Pushing up the cuffs. Uh-huh. This is relevant. Yes. I'm not spoiling an outfit. No. Of her oversized green sweater. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so Stephen is worried about not hearing from the parents. But Liz <laughs> reassures him. Yes. Um, and is like, no news is good news. Uh, and Stephen is like, okay, yeah, I'm overreacting because we've had such a weird fucking time over the past <laughs> few days. And Jessica saw yet another boyfriend die. I mean, look, <laughs> second one in a matter of months. No, he doesn't even mention that. He's just like, oh, it's all a bit of stress. We're muddling through. I'm keeping the kid, the girls safe. Mm. Like, he doesn't mention the fact, like, oh, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> the Jessica's second boyfriend that has died <laughs> in, like, within half a year. I don't know, a few months. Two months. We I don't think. know how, when anything happened. No, we really don't. <laughs> the only specific time period mm. was mentioned was the two, the t- very long two weeks Jessica or Liz and Todd were apart <laughs> oh after he wrote that letter. So much time wasted. Yeah. <laughs> were we cut to the real Liz? Oh my God. <laughs> so she's, yeah, standing at the door because she heard the phone ring <gasps> and wonders if maybe it was their parents but then is like, no, it obviously wasn't because Stephen would let her know straight away. Mm. So she's like, hmm, okay, and kind of starts to wonder what she's going to wear to Lila's party and isn't really in the form for it. No, but kind of feels not the mood. Like, yeah, she's really not. She's like, God, you know, there's nothing to fucking celebrate. You know, just two nights earlier she'd been on the scene <laughs> when her sister's boyfriend was brutally <laughs> murdered by a psychopath. <laughs> Normal things. <laughs> enough to stop most of us going to a party that week I think you can't keep a good Wakefield town (laughs) well she also thinks it's been weeks since she's gotten a good night's sleep Mm. so I guess we're still like that since the accident so I guess we're still on weeks they're still counting (laughs) us in weeks it's also nearly it's like pretty much the day before New Year's Eve as well oh look I don't know None of this makes any sense (laughs) Um, also her and Jessica will probably always be estranged but then she's she smiles wryly and thinks, boy, or she mutters. Sorry, they're Ooh. doing a lot of talking to themselves still <laughs> in this whole miniseries. Uh, she th- mutters, boy, you're a real barrel of laughs, Wakefield. All these thoughts of doom and gloom. I can't get into them. I mean, you literally witnessed a murder. If I witnessed a murder, yeah. which luckily I have not, no. I think, I don't think I'd be like, snap out of it. <laughs> Why so glum? <laughs> it's been a Put day. Put on happy face. <laughs> So uh, the faintest ray of hope and optimism brighten her eyes and she hopes maybe we'll turn a corner and the Mm. storm will clear (gasps) for the new year. That Jessica comes in. Or is it Jessica? Because what is she wearing? Well, this is the thing. First of all, she knocks on the door, which is weird for Jessica. Oh, true. But uh, yes, she Elizabeth notices uh, her sister wearing her over, an oversized green sweater and black jeans. <gasps> and she's just glad to see that Jessica's getting dressed again and out of bed. But hmm. Mm. hmm. When did we last see an oversized green sweater? <laughs> <laughs> I like that this is the midpoint between the twins that it could work for either one of them, believably. Yeah. It's like oversized green sweater. That's what you do <laughs> when you want to switch between twins. Yeah, I guess especially as Jessica is like going through a hard time. So she's not wearing her usual True. glamorous garb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so she just stares at Liz like <laughs> an strange. absolute psychopath <laughs> and then um, asks you know, what she's doing and Liz says that she's looking for an outfit for the party but then is like oh maybe I just won't go um, but uh, to Elizabeth's surprise Jessica is very insistent that she does attend Lila's bash <laughs> So much so, in fact, that she insists that uh, Liz borrows something out of Jessica's wardrobe, <gasps> which is very unusual for her. Mm. And Liz is like, oh, what's she up to? <laughs> She's instantly searching for an inter- ulterior motive. And that is fair enough. She yeah. has, you know, 
She has form. She should do it more often. Yes. But then she's bowled over by a wave of remorse and thinks, I uh, can't believe I'm so suspicious. I mean, you should be. Um, you should be even if this wasn't Margot. And thinks, how could Elizabeth refuse this offer of peace? <sighs> so she asks, uh, she accepts and tells Jessica very conveniently for Margot. Mm, yes, she says, you, yeah, you go ahead and choose one for me. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> And then we cut to Margot's POV. Oh my God. Because of course it's her hugging Liz. It's like there's so much of this and it's like, and it was actually Margot. (laughs) Okay. There's some bits where it does, I think it was, was it earlier in this book or in the last book? It was earlier in this book where there was a stage where you think there, I think it's Alice is ringing the house or somebody's ringing to tell them something and you do think, oh, it's about James. Oh, that was it. Yes. Yeah, it was ringing Jessica to arrange to meet him. Yes. And you thought, oh shit, is that Margot? And then you're like, oh, it's not Margot. But it then you find Margot's listening in. No! <laughs> she's never far from that phone. <laughs> she really is. Maybe she's just behind the door to the basement at all times. Just like, <laughs> like a coiled spring ready to go. <laughs> well, Margot is super dramatic. Um, and a smile plays about her lips as she thought about the next time she would hold Elizabeth like this. By the way, Elizabeth doesn't notice smell, eyes, <laughs> <No>. anything. <laughs> These dozy fuckwits. So <laughs> but Margot thinks, tomorrow, Margot anticipated her eyes gleaming. Oh my God. Tomorrow night we'll meet again, Elizabeth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, I think I need some canned wine. Need some wine wine to get through this. Tomorrow night we'll meet again, Elizabeth, in the embrace of death. Oh my God. (laughs) Your death. My birth. You know, she loves the drama. She delivers the drama. She does. She's all about the drama. Uh, And she pats Elizabeth's shoulders before pulling back by the hug, or back from the hug, her hand lingering on the other girl's arm. It'll only be the end for this pretty little body. Your identity, your soul, will live on inside me. Oh my God. I'm surprised she didn't let that slip, like, out loud, because... (laughs) It would be completely in character. It totally would. Elizabeth would be like, what did you say, Jess? Oh, nothing. Yes. <laughs> and then she glides from the room. Oh my God, she's amazing. And thinks, tomorrow, tomorrow, the delicious word danced in Margot's brain as she slipped unobserved from the house. Amazing. But there's one issue left. Mm, oh, yes. Well, according to the phone call she just intercepted, Ned and Alice obviously have figured out that all of San Francisco was a hoax. So Why are you surprised by this, Marco? For fuck's sake. <laughs> she was just banking on them, I don't know, sticking around for a bit longer. Uh, but Bashing down the doors, <laughs> insisting, <laughs> setting up scabs. Michelle DeVoice sent us here. You don't understand. We're not going to leave until we see her. <laughs> but yes, so they're going to be home earlier than she had anticipated, uh, which is a little bit of a spanner in the works. Uh-huh. But she reckons, look, it'll be fine they'll wave Elizabeth off to the ball and then they'll greet her when she returned. They'll never guess that I'm not the daughter they gave birth to. (laughs) And she thinks she could see the finish line. Nothing could stop her now. I mean, pride goes before a fall, Margot. Come on. We cut to jail. Poor Josh is languishing in a cell. Oh my goodness. Yeah, poor old Josh. He's having a tough enough time of it. 
oh, he's just thinking, well, it's the end for me. The end of a terrible year. Might as well be the end of his life. The oh. new, new Year's Eve didn't carry the promise of a new beginning. He's nothing to look forward to. So he's just kind of, yeah, just, just ruminating over what a mess everything is at the mm-hmm. minute. No one believes him about what happened. Uh, no one listens to him when he tries to insist that there's a Wakefield lookalike on the run. I mean, they, the around. they're <laughs> such terrible so law, in, like criminal investigators. Mm. The worst. Uh, he can't get through to his mom either. He's been trying to ring her, but there's no answer. So he oh. just, he's really alone. Uh, and it's just all terrible at the minute for poor it, old Josh. It is. He really has had a terrible year. Mm, so uh, I do feel for him. It's, there's something very upsetting about anybody being, you know, falsely imprisoned. I know. So he truly despairs. And he thinks she, yeah, she won, he <gasps> thought. Margot won. She'd gotten away with killing Georgie and the young man on the pier. And with who knew how many other heinous crimes? At least two. Oh, three. Well, more. Yeah. yeah. So wait, we've got Georgie. Nina. Thingy. Nina. There's at least four. Well, Georgie and James, so he mentions. But on top of that, there's Nina. Uh-huh. Old lady. Oh, yeah. And okay, um, run lady. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so, yeah. <laughs> so it's five so far. Uh-huh. And Josh only knows about two. True. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> then thinks, if Marco harmed Elizabeth Wakefield if she took the other girl's place as Josh knew she intended to do who would ever know how would Josh ever be able to prove anything I mean if the police actually did do something you could prove that very fucking easily by fingerprints fingerprints <laughs> five oh yeah because blood tests yes five minutes asking questions like where did we go on holiday in yes. 1985 like you know just also, they could go to the address and find her crazy murder room. I mean, all these things are true. <laughs> but uh, uh, poor Josh doesn't think of this, but he cries thinking of Georgie, no. uh, which is really sad. It is. But then he rallies. He does. He pulls himself together and thinks this battle's not over yet. <gasps> as long as I have breath in my body, I'll keep after her. I'll stop her. I won't let her ruin any more lives. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Inspirational. (laughs) He's filled with a renewed sense of purpose. Oh, good for him. But yes, of course, the only problem is, of course, that he's in jail. (laughs) So kind of an obstacle right there. So uh, a plan comes to him in a flash of inspiration. Yes, because he thinks they've locked me up and thrown away the key. I mean, I wouldn't put put it past them to throw away the key. They're very unprofessional. so bad. (laughs) But those words give him... An inspiration. Mm. So he thinks Margot had manipulated circumstances so that the full force of the law came down on Josh's innocent head. In order to extricate himself, he would have to break the law. It was time to be Margot at her own game. Uh-huh. <gasps> so he lies down on his cot. Every time they say cot, I think of a baby's cot. No, but I think me they mean too. a camp bed. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he lets out a groan and a guard comes in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it might as well be a goon, but it's a guard. Oh, it's, it's a goonish guard. <laughs> a very goonish guard. Yeah, so a guard slash goon comes along and is like, oh, what's the matter with you? Josh kind of says, oh, it's my stomach. I think it might be my appendix. And the guy's like, yeah, you need a doctor, all right. A head doctor. It's oh, like, wow. Amazing. Very sensitive policing. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, he's like, oh, I probably just have indigestion. How about you roll over and let me take a look. But like before you can actually finish the sentence properly, Josh <gasps> jumps up and just punches the dude in the jaw. <laughs> I mean, Josh has not eaten Josh, properly for like <laughs> a painfully thin, starved, like wreck of a man, but managed to take down this guard. So you know what? Good for you, Josh. <laughs> well, the guard does. I mean, he... Knocks him over mm. with his powerful, his uh, not so playful punch, <laughs> and the guard hits his head in the sink. I thought he was going to get 
you know, dead. It kind of sounds like he might be dead. <laughs> no, he, do, he does check and he's still breathing. Because oh, I was like, oh shit, Josh, this, this Josh is not going to look good He just you. murdered that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... He uh, he thinks he's been a docile prisoner, so the poor guy trusted me. Mm. But there isn't time to stand around congratulating himself. <laughs> so uh, this is why he's better than Margot uh, at at least you know true. carrying out a plan because she <laughs> would just sit there for five minutes thinking how great she was, <laughs> <laughs> laughing uproariously the whole time. <laughs> so <Swoon, Yeah>. <laughs> get out of there, Margot. <laughs> so basically, he uh, changed. He strips off the guards' uh, shirt, trousers, and shoes, and changes into them, and. Um, just walks out. His scuffle with the guard had gone unnoticed. <laughs> and off he goes. Because yep. the guard, the jail is guarded about as well as you'd expect in I, this town. Like, yeah. It was that one guy and the keeper just like on a hook, like on the <laughs> other side of the room. <laughs> I think they said he'd left it unlocked. Oh, so he just walked in with the door open. Yeah, well, that's what being a docile prisoner does. Well, good for you, Josh. <laughs> Beat the system. <laughs> Fuck the police. <laughs> Very easily done in Sweet Valley. Honestly, yes. <laughs> well, we cut to Margot's murder room where she tries to wake herself up with some coffee. Because um, she needs to be alert because this is the day she's been waiting for all her life. <laughs> it's finally here. Just over the horizon awaited <gasps> a new dawn, a new year, a new life. So yeah, she's uh, she's getting out of this pit. She thinks what a mess it is. Oh, uh, sure is. And Jesus. it, it kind of describes the, the room again and like it's still gross and it's creepy. It's worse if anything. It does. They actually say there's rotting, stinking garbage <laughs> everywhere. It's like, damn, Margot, get your act together. How has Mrs. Palmer... The guest house owner not smells all this shit. It sounds like it fucking stinks. Oh in there. my god. Rotting, stinking garbage. Grim. Come on, Margo. <laughs> and there's one bare bulb. Like everything that we've heard about Mrs. Palmer, this place has a pool. Like it sounds like it's, very, it's quite respectable. True. And now it's like some sort of seedy, oh like DOS house. Just the grimmest den you've ever seen. <laughs> Well, Margot suddenly sees us as we might. Well, there you go. Yes, she's suddenly blinded with rage and oh. thinks, this isn't me. I deserve better than this. But at the same time, you did this to the room yeah. and to your surroundings. But okay, Margot. Uh, so she wrecks the gaff. She <laughs> is... Right outside. <laughs> she wrecks the gaff. <laughs> word for word. Because that is what she does. It is. She's like stabbing the mattress and pillows, sending feathers flying she everywhere. She doesn't have enough knives. She... <laughs> She's got knives for every occasion. She's like <laughs> slashing the wallpaper. She like tosses the knife aside at one point, grabs the desk chair and bashes it to splinters <laughs> against the writing table, then kicks out the legs of the table. And it, like just about stops herself from smashing the fucking windows too. But like truly taking wrecking the gaff to the next level. Like, <laughs> she really she has commits. made bits of everything in that room. Wallpaper included. How, how has nobody heard? I mean, like this was making a lot of noise. She's honestly, shrieking, by the way. Oh yes, hysterical <laughs> shrieking as she goes, like bashing a chair off a table and then smashing up the table, While screaming. That shit is noisy, man. And as you say, accompanied by shrieking. <laughs> Jesus. Well, she thinks when Mrs. Palmer sees this, she'll kick me out. Maybe even call the police. Oh, you I think? Mean, <laughs> you would hope, but um doesn't care she spent the last night in this dump mm. she thinks uh, Margaret Wake Margot is about to disappear forever um, so uh, tonight she'll be sleeping in a warm clean cosy bed in a big beautiful house <gasps> I mean if Josh had told the police about you which I guess he did tell them if Mrs. Uh, Palmer rings the police and says 
this girl who was staying in my house mm. has like trashed it and like broken all my furniture. They might be like, oh shit, that's uh, mm. that's the same address that. Oh, you'd think, but you know, again, it's the Sweet Valley PD. We expect nothing of them now. So we cut to the casa where Jessica is waking up and we learn that she didn't go to this dead boyfriend's funeral either. She just doesn't do funerals. Oh, yeah, she doesn't. I mean, she wouldn't last long here. No. But uh, Liz pops into her room and is suspiciously chirpy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like if a twin is being cheerful at this point in time, it's Margot. <laughs> but this is the thing, like she really does not understand them. Like, no. yeah, that's it. She doesn't get that they'd be upset and a bit withdrawn and not quite, you know, chirpy and cheerful <laughs> when there's like someone just been murdered and they saw it and it's all this weird. But anyway, yeah, so she comes into, so yeah, Liz comes into Jessica's room and says she doesn't have anything to wear to the party tonight uh, and wonders if she could borrow one of Jessica's dresses. Hmm. And Jessica's kind of puzzled by how kind of chirpy and chatty Liz is being because she kind of feels like she's been getting the cold shoulder off her mm-hmm. and now she's suddenly being all friendly. So mm-hmm. Jess is a bit confused um, but then says that she's probably not going to go anyway so just, you know, take whatever dress you want. But uh, but Liz is like, no, no, you have to go to the ball and I know it's difficult but it wouldn't be a party without you there. It wouldn't be worth ringing in the new year. And Jessica's kind of more convinced now. She's like, oh, she actually is worried about me. Um, and kind of starts to think, well, you know, maybe maybe things can be different between us in the new year. And James is gone, but maybe I'll get Elizabeth back. So she's kind of thinking maybe they can start building some bridges here. And uh, yeah, so Jessica offers to let uh, Liz pick a dress. Uh, this is very convenient for Margot. Really like, it really is. Yeah. She's relying on a lot here. <laughs> so like, true. Too ridiculous to This is it, because as far as the real Liz is concerned, Jessica is going to pick out a dress for her. Mm-hmm. Whereas now Jessica has, no, real Jessica has fake Liz in here picking out a dress for herself. Yeah. Yes, because it's a new dress that still has tags on it. And Jessica's kind of surprised that she was going to take this one because it's really sexy oh, and daring. Yeah. So she's like, oh, it's not your usual style, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're planning to start off the new year with a bang, huh? <laughs> and a secretive smile curves Elizabeth's lips. A bang. You might say that, yes. <laughs> Subtle as ever, oh, Margot, just you mad bitch. holding on by a thread as ever. <laughs> well, we cut to the mall and Margot goes to Lisette's where Jessica bought that dress that mm-hmm. she's just claimed from her closet. And she finds the same dress in a size six. So she feels this is sort of like, you know. It's perfect. It's, uh, yeah, it's all coming up, Margot. Mm. And uh, the woman who works there makes small talk about, you know, oh, you didn't pick this out the last time you were in, but Margot snaps at her. <laughs> and we're told, in the recent past, Margot would have said something sweet and placating to smooth the woman's ruffled feathers. Her primary concern had been to avoid arousing suspicion, even encounters with the most in- insignificant strangers. This is the biggest fucking lie. <laughs> like, oh, she was always like seconds from snapping at people, but she did usually be like... Minimum cases, and she was like, "What are you asking oh, me that for?" And she did flip out at that. And guy. the Guatemalan <laughs> store jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was like nicking stuff all but Well, like, that's true. But she was being polite, and then mm. nicked all the stuff and ran away. Oh, that's true. But I just I feel that she has not been very good at avoid, arousing <laughs> her suspicion. Cool. She was mm. always sort of like crazy eyes and <laughs> panting. And she does pant a lot. That's true. She does. <laughs> Uh, now she doesn't care. We're told if her behaviour struck people as odd or insulting. <laughs> yeah, it's too late now for anyone to cause trouble for her. 
Um, but she gets even more enraged when the the woman who works in the shop takes a personal call and says, you know, clearly talking to a friend, it says, oh, I'll meet you outside. My car is just outside the mall and it's a metallic blue Honda at the front. And Margot then just runs off without paying. Well, that woman was rude, to be fair. And Very like, unprofessional, I, know, like, I have to like, say. Like, Margot did kind of snap at her, but like also in the middle of like making this sale and actually ringing it up, this woman just takes this phone call and, and is just chatting to her friend while Margot's standing there like, ah, for fuck's sake. That, I mean, can we can we move this along, I'm always sympathetic with retail workers. Oh, absolutely. But fairness, that yes. is but, but this ridiculous. Is no, yeah. Not when you're in the middle of selling something. Like, yeah. we've all worked at shops. We've all been there. But I would not have taken a phone call. No. Just like, sorry, not even a sorry. No. Just like, I'm just going to have this. Nothing chat about no, my social class no acknowledgement at all uh, yeah but she uh, makes the fatal mistake of mentioning what kind of a car she has oh, that's right out fool. front so yeah Margot's like right fuck this and just like legs it with the bag with the dress in she's like you just lost your chance to make a sale lady <laughs> and then she slashes the Honda stars and thinks happy new year lady <laughs> <laughs> little bit OTG. Just, just enough of us to keep us going. Oh, but we like, haven't had much in a while. Oh, I love her. But yeah, so, you know, <laughs> that's what you get for being rude to Margot when she's trying to buy a dress off you. If you don't make that sale, she will slash your tire. Yes, yeah, and steal the dress. <laughs> yeah. Well, we cut to Stephen and Billy and all we need to know is they're going to have a movie night yeah. on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. and Stephen's worried about the twins but at least like, oh, we've got the house to ourselves. Yeah. Great. Cut to San Francisco. Flights are all cancelled. They decide to take the train. This really literally is planes, trains and automobiles. Oh my God, it truly is. But it is funny actually that the fog is what's been stopping the planes from leaving. So it's like Margot controls the fog in San Francisco. <laughs> no. Her power is no, no power. <laughs> She's keeping them there. But, I can't understand it took them this long because I was like, how long? Like, just just get a train. Get a train. Or And I looked up how long it is. <laughs> You did now, research. To Southern California, <laughs> it is about 500, uh, was it miles or kilometres? Where do I have it? But it's, like, it's drivable. It's 500 miles. Okay. But it is, dri- I mean, it is about as far as from here to Paris. However, okay. it doesn't involve a ferry. So yeah. you, like. <laughs> it's all on land. <laughs> if I was going to be stuck somewhere, I would not be, like, waiting two days at mm. the airport or whatever the hell they were doing. No, the whole time I was like, why aren't they just renting a car and driving? Like, just now do it. Like, um, So, I mean. Like, if we didn't have to, a lot of places 500 miles from here are all in other countries. So yeah. they take longer. Because <laughs> we're a very yeah. small country. Very true. That's it. But yeah, but Americans do like three and four hour drives as like, that's totally fine. Where yeah. they're like, that's so long to be driving. If we drove 500 miles, we would be off the edge of the island. <laughs> and sadly, ferries are slower than roads. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're finally conceded. They will get a train mm. and they get to the station. There's a train to San- Sweet Valley in five minutes. Alice is like, I have to stop and make a phone call. Like, for fuck's sake, Just Alice, get on the, the train. last train. <laughs> and they also, this really brought me back now. She has a calling card, a phone card with a number on it. Oh my God. I remember getting them on my J1. Her calling card number. I didn't even cop that. Yes. Wow. So it's See, like a call card, but with a specific You'd number. put in a number mm. and then that would be like, you have oh, that's your credit $2 or left or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's how it worked. I definitely had one <laughs> when I was on my J1. Um, so that was a blast from the past. <laughs> uh, but anyway, does it work for Alice? Oh, weird. Because the line... <gasps> is out of service. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she can't even ring. So I guess Margot was like, I guess I can't hang over the phone all the time. I guess not. Because we cut to Calico Drive <laughs> as the storm is breaking and Margot's up to no good. <laughs> She's out in the pouring rain, scampering away from the house. <laughs> 
knife in hand as always we fucking love to see it because only seconds before she'd cut the telephone line <laughs> she had with a knife I presume bad bitch <laughs> I mean she's got many uses for her blades there's nothing she can't do with a knife <laughs> oh my god she thinks they can't call out and no one can call in I have them exactly where I want them they're mine all mine oh my god and she's even feeling proprietorial towards the casa itself very true she's very possessive yeah she's talking to the house and everything but next time I return to you it will be as your cherished <laughs> daughter Elizabeth <laughs> She thinks her plan had been set in motion. The countdown had begun. Fantastic. And uh, she gets in the car and turns on the radio. She gets a little shock. (gasps) There's a special report that's (gasps) interrupting regular programming because murder suspect Josh (laughs) Smith has escaped from Sweet Valley County Jail. (gasps) I guess there was a party in the county jail. (laughs) (laughs) And he left early. That's a rock indeed. Oh my God. Yes. So she's like, oh my God, he's going to try and come between me and Elizabeth. It's terrible. Then she reassures herself in typically cocky style. Mm. (laughs) She thinks, I'm a genius, whereas Josh Smith is an idiot. Famous last words, Margaret. I know. Yeah, that's the hubris is what gets her. But, you know, at times she is kind of a genius. You have to give it to her. She, I mean, I'm not criticising her. <laughs> I'm very defensive of Margot. I wouldn't dare. Well, you know, I love Margot <laughs> yeah. and the boys. But, <laughs> but she has succeeded <laughs> sort of despite all logic and reason. Like, there's been a lot oh, of It makes luck. no sense that she's gotten this version <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> there is a lot of luck involved mm. in her triumph. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the radio um, announcement, you know, tells locals to be on the alert, says the escaped murder suspect is mentally Jesus unbalanced. Christ. Like, did they have an assessment done or anything? No, they, oh, just, no. they just lashed him into a jail cell and walked away. Well, like. It sounds like they barely fed him oh, when he was God. in there. Yeah. See, mentally unbalanced, possibly armed, don't even have a fucking gloomy <laughs> style, I think or not. No idea. And highly dangerous. What is that based on? Like, he pushed somebody mm. into it. Like, that isn't like he took somebody down with his bare hands or strangled somebody. He literally yeah. pushed somebody off a pier. As far as they know. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, exactly. But even that doesn't suggest, like, it seems like he's somebody who, you know... He's going to eat your face or something. Yeah, he's yeah. not, like, a no. um, super master fighter. Or, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not armed and dangerous. No. But, uh, and Margot knows that and thinks, Josh Smith, dangerous. He couldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> I presume that's a little psycho reference there. Oh. Because that's the last bit of psycho. When Very Banks true. Is arrested, yes, where he says the right. stuff about, like, uh, you know, look at me, I wouldn't hurt a fly. Mm. Um, so uh, there is a lot of similarities. She does have uh, <laughs> parent issues. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks, I bet everybody in Sweet Valley locks their doors tight tonight. Too bad they don't know who the enemy really is. <laughs> oh, Margo. She's such a scamp. <laughs> and I love her. Well, back at the casa, Liz realises she never did choose a dress to wear to the party. And uh, then she um, she thinks, this is again why Margo has been very lucky. She's so jammy. <laughs> she thinks, I have to take Jessica up on an offer to lend me something. But then she notices 
Something happens to me in a room. Well, yeah, she suddenly realizes like, that there's a deep pink dress draped across the back I, of her desk chair. Like, how, how do you not? You, it's bright pink. How do you not I notice know. that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a flashy number. Hmm. Um, yeah, apparently Jessica's always getting after Liz to spice up her image. I guess this is a kick in that direction, she thinks. And her smile deepens as she imagines how people will react when they see her in the daring slap, strapless dress. I mean, if it's the dress we see on the cover, it's a ball gown. Like <laughs> It's not daring <laughs> no. in any way. But uh, thunder rages like a lion, we're oh. told. And Liz has a bad feeling, so she takes a nap. Yeah, I guess. What? I don't know. Yeah, she's kind of feeling uneasy and it's like, oh, it kind of starts to think back about the last time she's getting out or getting ready for a big party. It was the jungle prom. She just falls asleep. Uh, and then she's like, well, yeah, guess I'm going to have a nap. Like, what? <laughs> they kind of explain it away as her yawning and saying, God, how am I going to last until midnight? But also, you haven't done anything today. So, like, I mean, I can always relate to a sleepy girl, but like, <laughs> it just, it's just like you're feeling uneasy. Going to go for a nap doesn't really add up. It seems very convenient. <laughs> yeah. But of course, she has another convenient oh, like another dream. Another CSI dream on the way. <laughs> Well, this time she sees the big Mesa boy. Uh, it's so handy. Like, oh seriously, God. when she was at that per- party, she must have been sort of constantly on alert, like, yeah. looking around. She's scanning, got 360 scanning, degree scanning. view. <laughs> Nothing missed those oh, eagle eyes. Jesus. Eyes and ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 by name and by nature. There you go. Taking it all in. That's what she does. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she sees sees the big Mesa boy giving Jessica something from his flask, pouring it into Jessica's cup. Then she sees her and Sam drinking and thinks, the punch. Elizabeth thought, tasting it again in her <laughs> For dream. sake, come on now. No. <laughs> also, okay, this is the description of the effect of the punch. Bear in mind, I drank half a can of wine. <laughs> oh, I finished my chair. <laughs> oh, no. Time to open the onion dip. Because yeah. <laughs> we have a listeners, Karen made it up. So, uh, well, I have drunk more than half the can of this okay. wine. So let's see if this happens. Because she thinks there was something funny about the punch. It burned her throat going down. And immediately after drinking it. Hmm. I don't think this is even roofies. Come on. I was going to say, really... it's too immediate, isn't it? Like yeah, nothing works Immediately this after drinking it, hmm. her head began to whirl. Hmm. Now, maybe it is... The effect now, I mean, luckily I have never been, you know, I've never had my drink spiked. No. I have had like minor outpatient procedures in hospital where they effectively give you Rohypnol. Sure. In fact, I think they literally do give you oh, Rohypnol. Really? Okay. That's what it's for. Yeah, it's yeah. for, it's a, a sedative for when sure. you're like getting a endoscopy or something. Yeah, yeah. And they do put something, it's intravenous, so it does happen hmm. quite quickly. I but I don't think it could possibly yeah. happen the minute you... The minute. No, this is the thing. Because like, 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 that's going into your bloodstream yeah. when they give it to you in hospital. Sure, yeah. Like, I, when I was like going in for surgery for my kidney General anaesthetic. It was still like, you know, you counted down or they were kind of chatting away mm. to you. But it, there's a little bit of like, yeah, this is all fine. And then, of course, you're knocked out and yeah. that's it. And like, like, so you know you're awake. But it's not straight away. Like, no. <laughs> at all. Well, apparently with this, it burns her... Th- oh, no, because it burns her throat going down. Mm. So there's definitely some alcohol in it, whatever yes. it is. And immediately after drinking it, her head began to whirl. Instead of refreshing her, it made her mouth feel as dry as cotton. Mm. When she, I mean, I can tell you, that's what happens with this tinned Marks and Spencer's wine. <laughs> um, when she and Sam started dancing again, they were giddy and silly and clumsy and loud. 
a drunk. That's yeah. not how booze works. No, and like they are insisting it's booze rather than something drugs. Done, some like yeah. some kind of drugs, like which would make more sense for the way things have panned out. Yes. But look, it's the magic vodka. There you go. But then big, big Mesa gets the good shit. It <laughs> <laughs> really does. And then we get the most ridiculous retconning that actually made me angry. <laughs> I think I might need some onion dip to calm myself down. Can you share what they say? Oh my God, we both will. Jesus Christ, yes, because she wakes up <sighs> with a start. The images from the dream spinning in her head. The consensus had what? always oh, been uh, that uh, her punch was spiked uh, that uh, night. Uh, <laughs> was it even mentioned at the fucking trial? Not once. Like, did any adult say, maybe your drink was spiked? Like, there was cops, lawyers, judges. Even she didn't say it. She didn't fucking say it. Nobody came to this conclusion. And it's just to now insist the consensus had always Always, been. always. She's got a fucking conviction for drunk driving, which I do not think you would have if, <laughs> if the consensus you, was, was your drink was spiked. Your drink was spiked. That, then you're a victim of a crime. <sighs> what nobody could figure out was who spiked the oh, wine. Like, no, they had no, bigger dates You know what, you're right. It's onion dip time. Okay, we're opening it. <laughs> We're taking, oh look! Oh, it's been so long. When did we last gather in this building? For oh, sorry, this dip? is really noisy. This is some good. This is some good recording stuff. Mm, okay, I'm going in. I'm taking. Go for it. Proceed. Also, this is um, courtesy Ooh. of our listener Linda Quirk sent us onion oh. dip. Oh, thank you, Linda. Okay. Oh, it's solidified. Mmm. Mmm. Sorry, I'm going away from the mic. Well, I'm going. <laughs> Mm, eating on air. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's favourite thing. Oh, it is delicious. That is so nice. <laughs> I'm going to have one more. Go. <laughs> one more. These are really nice tortilla chips, too. Mm. Yeah. See, listeners, we really <laughs> commit to the authenticity of the Sweet Valley experience. It's mm. <laughs> It feels Christmassy now to me to have onion dip because I feel like it was a Christmas episode. It was. A million years ago when we last brought it into the studio. Note, I am not double dipping. This is an end that has no. not been in the... Mm. Ah, now it's falling to bits. Right. Oh no, better eat a quick. <laughs> this mm. is terrible. Those Sweet Valley kids, mm. I'll give you know them what? this. They're onto something with the onion dip, to be fair. They are. It's pretty good. I'm leaning away from the mic. I'm going to reseal it though because the last time we had onion dip in the studio it was quite dank the place out. <laughs> oh, it's good though. It's nice, right? Thank you. Mm. Uh, sender of the dip. Sorry, mm. who sent that? It was Linda. Linda, Linda. Thank yeah. you, Linda. Because um, uh, we've been kept in a good supply of onion dip by listeners really over the years <laughs> which we very much appreciate. We really we, do. Yeah. We have not been able to feast on it mm. until now. It's been a while. Yeah, so it feels like a Christmassy thing now I think to have some onion dip. <laughs> <laughs> it's delightful. It's probably like Christmas party now. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to have another gin. Uh, do it. <laughs> I foolishly just got one can of my... Oh my God. Look where this wine is from. I did not notice. <gasps> it's California. It is California. Oh she is on brand. Oh my God. Juicy, fruity, rosé to go. What was sunny California, USA? Look, we're now just doing ads for Marks and Spencer. <laughs> it's not just any. <laughs> Other supermarkets are available. <laughs> anyway, you can pick a gin there. Oh mind. my God. I think I'll go for the I'll outer few. Yeah, it's nice. Because okay. I will be, I'm nearly finished this. We should probably get back to Sweet Valley. <laughs> should we? I mean, just, <laughs> or we could just drink and talk shit. <laughs> it's kind of what we're doing all along. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I guess you're now glad, listeners, that normally we are recording this very soberly mm. in our respective homes. In our homes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we see each other in a room and it's like, cans! <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time, well, no, we did the, the episode with James and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kean. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's tasty. Oh, which Sorry. one's that? <laughs> it's like this raspberry one. Oh. As the year comes to a close, we just wanted to thank all our listeners for tuning in to shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network throughout 2022. We'd especially like to thank all the fantastic Headstuff Plus members who have supported their favourite podcasters to keep doing what they love to do. You can join hundreds of fellow supporters on headstuffpodcasts.com and get access to loads of bonus content. From all of us here at Headstuff, We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Mm. I like some of the elderberry. Okay, we're not going to have drink talk. Anyway, sorry, yes, we'll get back to this. We will. You take a deep breath now. Oh boy. Because we were very annoyed by that. Yeah, I forgot how annoyed we were just a few minutes ago. Because the wonders of onion dip. We're going to have the big revelation because, yes, we were told what nobody could figure out was who spiked it like they even cared. Uh. But my dream held the answer all the time, <laughs> Elizabeth realised, with the help of her subconscious memory. On, Very then. convenient. No. A connection had finally been made. Something had finally clicked. <laughs> oh my God, Elizabeth thought, all colour draining from her face. The punch was spiked. <gasps> and Jessica was the one who spiked it! Fucking hell. So, uh... Yeah, she uh, she wakes up and she's just filled with righteous rage. Oh, Fair enough. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So it, again, there's a bit of recapping here because it's like, oh, she did this and then she sat there while all of these things happened to me. And it's like, yes, yeah. we know all of these things that happened to you. Um, but yeah, it's it's her. She's She, she kind of goes through a whole bunch of emotions, though, in fairness, because she is furious hmm. and then suddenly starts shaking because she's just so freaked out I guess and then it's, it's pure... like the full extent of Jessica's evil deeds hits her this is the like, thing it's like, not just the spiking the drink mm, it's what happened even everything after everything that came after is that she just let her sit with the agony of the whole thing and thinking it was all her fault about Sam's death uh, and just you know how could she have done that to me and like she does it's like she's about to start crying but it's like there's no tears because she's too devastated even to oh. cry and it is like oh it does sound horrible because yeah. it is just everything hitting her all at once yeah and it's just enormous, yeah. like the whole thing. Because, yeah, she thinks all at once the incident of, Stod- of Todd's stolen letter seemed trivial. Mm. The scope of this betrayal was almost inconceivable. Like this is the worst thing that Jessica has ever done. It absolutely well, is. To listen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and even that has to be fucking prefaced with caveats. Because there's categories of terrible things Jessica has done. But this is up there for oh, sure. Oh, this is definitely. I think this is the worst. Yeah. Because um, she thinks my own sister, my own flesh and blood did this to me. And then whispers out loud. No. <gasps> no, she's not my sister anymore. She's a stranger. A monster. Oh my God. I mean, she does get over this more quickly than mm. she got over the fucking letter. Mm, true, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, you know, there's circumstances that I guess give her perspective on certain things. Well, that's true. It's all a bit fucking convenient too, to be honest. It really is. I mean, <laughs> Jessica gets out of this pretty lightly. Mm. Meanwhile, dumb and dumber about the train. Oh, God. And uh, Alice still freaked out that she starts to nap, but then the train stops 
Um, and they just add so much pointless drama because we're told the train was perched on a winding clifftop track hundreds of feet above the Pacific. And I was like, oh my God, are they going to fall in? Or, no. No, they're not. But Alice freaks out about it. She imagines the train plunging from the tracks and falling. Falling. Oh my God. But then there's an announcement. Yeah, so they're not going to be able to continue uh, through to Sweet Valley and LA because there's an electrical storm up ahead. So it's too <gasps> dangerous to go on. Uh-oh. So they're going to pull into the next station, which is five minutes down the track. Lone Tree Heights. Oh, uh, yeah. To, to wait it out. Very uh, RTC, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's rooting mad tooting. Um, yeah, so they don't know when they'll be able to actually get going from this other stop. It could be hours. It could be all night, basically. <gasps> so, of course, Alice is further freaked by this and she's like, oh my God, this is the worst trip ever uh, and their bad luck clearly isn't over yet mm. so we cut to Todd who tries to sort of cheer up but he's not feeling great and it's mm. like I don't know Todd maybe because you mit- witnessed a murder <laughs> it's like, like everyone getting ready for this party is fucking miserable about it <laughs> and fairness they have a good reason to be yeah <laughs> so uh, he thinks of the whole jungle problem with Jessica Saga mm. and, like his liaison with her and he wonders if life in Sweet Valley will ever get back to normal then he turns on the radio to an upbeat rock tune <laughs> and thinks enough of this gloom and doom let's party <laughs> But his song is interrupted apparently mid-guitar solo and I'm just picturing Todd doing like air guitar around his room. I feel like that's the natural conclusion to come to. But uh, yes, his guitar solo is interrupted by uh, a special announcement and he thinks, oh, it's probably a storm warning because, you know, there's flash floods or something going on. But uh, yes, as the announcer continues, he reveals, of course, murder suspect Josh Smith has escaped from the county jail. So Todd is like, oh, shit, the man who murdered James. Um, so yes, yeah, Smith, the deranged maniac, Todd himself <laughs> helped apprehend. Poor Josh is just being dragged through the mud here. It really is. It's so unfair. So yeah, he's uh, he kind of starts picturing Josh and things about the things he'd said about Elizabeth and <gasps> someone being after Liz. And he's like, my God, what if he's after her himself? <gasps> so he thinks, right, there's no point in ringing her. I could be there in five minutes. So he gets into his BMW and peels out of the driveway to get over to the casa as quick as possible. We cut to Liz, who's still in her dressing gown. We're told she'd been paralysed since the moment she'd understood Jessica's mm. role. Um, the mental trauma is almost like a physical injury, Oof. which is very evocative. Like, she's mm. in physical pain with yeah. this. And she remembers how Jessica sometimes seemed guilty. Um, mm. and, like she was uh, about to tell her something yeah. more than once. Yeah. And she thought it was about the stupid letter. She literally does think yeah. the stupid letter. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, she thinks, I thought it, you know, that was what her conscience was doing. And then thinks, if she has a conscience at all, that is, I don't think she does though. I think she's some kind of monster, a selfish, <gasps> amoral monster. How could she have treated me this way? I mean, we'd all like to know. Honestly, like that kind of could apply to so many books yeah. up until now. She's like, been awful. She has been terrible all the time. Yeah. But like, yeah. And I suppose she has done shitty things to Liz as well in the past. But I, obviously this is the line too far for Liz, which, you know, I guess the line is somewhere. So that's yeah. something. I guess that's a relief. <laughs> she found it eventually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, despite the fact she's been, she's discovered this absolutely sort of life changing mm. thing about her sister. She still puts the dress on and uh, she doesn't really want to wear it now, but she doesn't do anything else. I mean, the kids of Sweet Valley have a million party dresses. Uh-huh. There's no fucking way she doesn't no. have something else. <laughs> but um, but she thinks it's a gorgeous dress and it fits like a charm. Um, so, yeah, even witnessing a murder, then finding out that your sister spiked your drink and caused you to <laughs> be in a 
fatal car crash and then let you sat back and let you go on trial for mm-hmm. murder. Um, that won't stop you going to a dance. No, she truly is a daughter of Sweet Valley. <laughs> you goddamn right, I won't stop her. It's like the worst possible circumstances <laughs> and realizations. But she will still put on that fucking party dress and brush her hair and get out that door. <laughs> but she does start sobbing. Well, that's true. Meanwhile, Jessica puts on her own dress. She's wearing something Amy lent her, but she can't even enjoy her own sexiness. <laughs> like, you know, things are bad. Too. <laughs> That's it. She thinks I could stop traffic in this dress, but then thinks it glumly settling back on her feet, pouting at Aww. the mirror. But who cares? What's the point? <laughs> you know, things are bad for Jessica. She's really not herself. Yeah. But it is kind of hilarious where they sort of have her acting as she might if she'd sort of been dumped or something where she mm. literally saw her boyfriend pushed <laughs> off straight up onto some rocks. <laughs> like it's a wow. really horrific Like it's a messy go. death. Like, yeah. yeah. Grim. So, um, yeah, she has a sense of foreboding and she doesn't want to go to this party but the thought of being alone for New Year's Eve mm. uh, with the memory of all she lost two boyfriends in two months Oof. is unbearable. <laughs> yeah. So she's looking for accessories and then she finds something from the jungle prom. I love the way that like both she <laughs> and Liz as well, like just seem to like keep all their little mementos from that so night. They like, put them in their drawers. From, like the worst night ever. And they all have like, yeah, a shit ton of souvenirs <laughs> from it. It's like, why did you keep <laughs> any of these things? But yeah, she comes upon the little mini yearbook that Liz put together <gasps> for the jungle prom. Uh, and apparently she didn't realise she'd kept it, didn't want a souvenir, but like, again, they're both, they're both tripping over fucking souvenirs and tiaras and bullshit from that <laughs> night. So anyway, so she kind of has a little flip through it and realises how much work Liz had put into it and was like, God, yeah, this was one of her little projects, just one of the like zillion things she did to help plan the prom, show her school spirit. Uh, and she kind of realises that she had been really lazy with the, the run up to the prom queen and was obviously just consumed with being prom queen and mm. you know just making a name for herself by yeah. giving out buttons and all this kind of stuff and realises Liz deserved to be prom <gasps> queen if I hadn't been so greedy and selfish <gasps> and I just accepted that fact and let her win let her win <laughs> instead yeah. of trying to ruin her chances she's like you know if, if I'd just done all those things Sam would still be alive and so would James uh, you know none of this terrible things would have happened there's no going back now though yeah, but she is overwhelmed with guilt and mm. uh, guilt and sorrow well up in her like a rising tide, <gasps> threatening to suck her down to, into depths from which she would never return. Wow. But she decides, and this is actually a very sensible attitude mm. for Verdesur, because she does think, I can't live my life over, I can't change what I did in the past, but what I do in the future, I'm in charge of that. It's still ahead of me. I can choose how I want to act, what I want to do and say who I want to be. The future is mine. Mm. And what she wants to do with it is in fairness to her, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I know. this is, you know, <laughs> she gets there eventually. <laughs> she is going to tell Liz and maybe Liz will never speak to her again, but she has to do it. She mm. has to be honest with her. She can't let Liz go on thinking she caused that accident. Yeah, so she decides that before midnight, she has to get this out, tell Liz what really happened. Yeah. And she says, look, maybe if we make peace with the past, we can be part of each other's futures. So it's very much like clean slate, let's, you know, put aside all the old shit like yeah. for on New Year's Eve and just like start into this new year with the with a fresh start completely. Yeah. Because yeah. she thinks maybe Liz will hate me for the rest of our lives, mm. but it's a risk I have to take. I have to start the new year on an honest footing. Yes. So she can't tell her now because Liz has gone off to Todd, but she is going to tell her mm. at the party. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So we cut to Margot's boudoir. <laughs> and uh She's in full Liz drag. She, she sure is. Yes, she's wearing the matching dress, has her hair swept up. She's got a rhinestone studded barrette. So it's it's fancy Liz mode. Even a barrette though. I know, like, I love it. 
But yeah, so she's uh, delighted with, with the results, thinking I look beautiful. I look pure and good and kind. I look loved, desired, envied. I look exactly like Elizabeth Whitfield. <laughs> and of course, she's wearing the lavalier. So in fact, she's more Liz than Liz herself right now. I mean, that's very foolish when you know Liz won't be wearing it. Because you have it. Like, <laughs> fuck's sake, Margot. No, I'm the real Liz. Yeah. I have the lavalier. <laughs> But we're told, slowly she fastened the gold lavalier necklace around her slender throat. <laughs> it was the final touch. The transformation was complete. Oh my God. <laughs> and I she, my notes do say, OMG. <laughs> and then her life basically flashes before her mm. eyes. We get a little flashback to all her terrible times. And as she's risen above it all. Also learn, she cleaned her room. She about fucking time. <laughs> she did. But like, she takes one last look around the room. Some of the furniture was damaged. She bashed everything into fucking splinters. Smithereens. Like, actually smashed out the legs of the table. Smashed the shit out of that chair. What do you mean? Somewhat damaged. I've never tried to smash the legs of a chair, of a table, with a chair. With a chair. <laughs> she did it. I don't think, I think, you'd, you know, it'd be hard work. Mm. And it would be very messy. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of impressive that she managed to pull all that off in her yeah. rage. But like, yeah, so now apparently <laughs> some of the furniture was damaged. <laughs> the wallpaper was torn in places. She was stabbing that wall <laughs> with one of her many knives. It's like ripping bits off and acting it out. Clawing and knifing the whole thing to shit. Like. <laughs> mattress. She was slashing she the mattress. She changed the mattress, the pillows. Where like she's she had fucked. She had basically wrecked that entire room. But anyway, apparently now, clean and tidy. <laughs> She's thrown away all the garbage and destroyed every scrap of evidence of her spying on the Wakefields. And all traces of her former identity. Mm. By the way, I don't know whether you're in, if you're in the foster system, I don't, they probably don't have your fingerprints for that. But like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess also this is just, I was wondering when DNA mm. testing came in. Because um, I was watch- re-watching the first season of The X-Files recently. Oh, I've been re-watching The X-Files. It went <laughs> very so well. well. <laughs> and it was one of the very few programs I watched in the mid-90s because it was when I was in college. So yeah. I was never home in the evenings except on Sunday nights. <laughs> and my parents watched it. So I watched it all the way through that nice. golden era. Uh. And I did find myself one, a few times thinking, yeah. not wondering enough to actually look it up Did they have DNA testing then? I think hmm. that's sort of when it was coming Maybe. Maybe, yeah. So, uh, I mean, there were many ways in which they mm. could find Margot's real identity and the fact that she isn't a Wakefield. Even <laughs> then, they could have blood tests. True. <laughs> Very true. Like, they had paternity tests. Well, yeah, I guess. But look, doesn't none of this is of concern to Margot. No, because uh, she's ready to plunge into the role of a lifetime. <laughs> a role for a lifetime. Oh. And she says, I am... Elizabeth Wakefield. Yes, Margot. <laughs> and she picks up her bag and looks at the clock. And this isn't a particularly good line, no, Margot. But it should have finished there. Like. Yeah, because she just goes, time to go to the party. <laughs> With a soft, evil smile. Like, time to go to the party? No, no like, not good no, the role for a lifetime. I'm Elizabeth Wakefield. Like, that's your chapter ender. Yes, scene. Full stop. Done. Like... Anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in planes, trains and automobiles, uh, they fucking wish. Ned and Alice have rented an old banger and are <laughs> driving to Sweet Valley. That's literally the scene. 
That, yes, basically, yes. They're they're going from Lone Tree Heights to Sweet Valley and it's taking ages. And Alice is insistent that they keep driving mm. and she wants to get there by midnight. Yes. So we cut back to Liz, who was greeted, um, I guess we're going a few minutes earlier because it's when Te- Todd... Oh, yeah. Like Liz, Jessica had heard Liz leaving, but yes. now we're sort of back to... Todd greeting Liz mm-hmm. and he when he sees her first thinks it's Jessica oh again <laughs> it's so confusing and he does actually say Jessica and Liz is kind of like oh god okay it's the dress it's an understandable yeah, mistake which is, and that is why he thinks and it thinks is it, to be yeah. fair because it's a very apparently sexy dress like it is a lovely dress according to the cover mm-hmm. but it's not particularly like saucy no not but, at all it's just strapless like. <laughs> yeah but she's like no no it's me she's like it's Jessica's dress I know it's not my usual style but I thought you know it's New Year's Eve why not go a little wild and apparently Todd kind of hesitates <laughs> if he's trying to read her and Liz is kind of like what the fuck is this and then he's like it is you <laughs> it's like Todd you were not very good at masking the fact that you weren't sure if your girlfriend was your girlfriend <laughs> which given his recent you know thing with Jessica you'd think he'd be a bit more like oh, sensitive about you would think <laughs> but he says I'm not going to let you go Liz not tonight not ever and he actually suggests they stay at home tonight mm. but Liz is like uh, Stephen you know Stephen's oh, yeah. clearly gone. Uh, Stephen and Billy have the couch. Yeah, they do have the couch. They have the couch. We will leave she, them to it. She doesn't. She doesn't want to cramp his style. So mm. they they leave uh, the house and head, you know, through the the storm to Todd's car. And Liz buys something as they go. Oh, she thinks she sees something. Yeah, yes. uh, lurking in the bushes, a shadowy figure. Oh my god, darting behind the shrubbery. <laughs> They're so, I think the funniest thing about, well, no, it's not the funniest thing. There were so many funny things. Yeah. But the fact that so many people are like hiding in shrubbery Lurking and in bushes, bushes and like popping you out. Marco like, was constantly in bushes. I know. It's like you try to hide in one bush and it's like, oh, someone else has it already. <laughs> Sorry, I'll try another bush. Jesus. I mean, they're uh, clearly very uh, thick bushes. <laughs> Some very serious shrubbery going on outside the Wakefield gaps. <laughs> so, um, she doesn't think more of it and she notices uh, she notices that Todd is preoccupied and he looks like he's going to say something but and she says like something okay but he says nothing in particular I was just thinking about how beautiful you are and how much I love you I mean don't all our partners say that to us <laughs> constantly <laughs> Two years in, <laughs> my husband says to me all the time. <laughs> we cut to the shrubbery. I initially, I have to say, I did think, oh, for fuck's sake, Margot, you're hiding in the shrubbery before you're meant to be going to this party if there's rip. a storm. But it isn't Margot. No, it's Josh. So yeah, it's someone else's go to hide in the bushes. Uh, so he is watching them leave. And of course, it kind of gives us a little recap of his day so far, which is oh, terrible. God love him. He was basically hiding in a tool shed all day until it got dark. So he could just kind of skulk around in the shadows. Uh, so he had tried uh, the boarding house where Margot was. But of course, the room was abandoned uh, and then realised that, right, what he needs to do is basically follow the Wakefields because mm. Margot is is aiming for them. So if he just sticks yeah. to the Wakefields, he'll, he'll eventually yeah. come across Margot. And he rightly thinks Margot's bound to give the game away. Assuming he was out of the picture, mm. she'd be cocky, overconfident. I mean, she's cocky and overconfident yep. even when she knows he's in it. <laughs> Very true. And the minute he ma- she made any kind of move towards one of the twins, he will be there to intercept her and put a stop to her murderous exploits mm. once and for all. I mean, I'm very much on Josh's side because he's or very sympathetic. Mm. However... 
Do I want Margot's murderous exploits stopped? I mean, no. no. <laughs> I, don't no. Want to, I don't want Josh in prison, though. No, I feel bad for Josh and his little brother. Obviously, that's all very sympathetic yes. and terrible things have happened to him. But you just, you love to see Margot winning. <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to go to another town. Yeah. Where she could just run over a few more people. <laughs> Just keep driving over people until you find the right one. <laughs> Strangle some more for old ladies in bathroom. It's just so entertaining. <laughs> she really is. I mean, obviously in real life we wouldn't be no. sympathetic. I, I can't believe I feel I have to say that. I, just in case. Just we, we've know. been almost worrying the enthusiastic about her brain. We're so terror. team Margot. It's getting concerning. I think I need to open the gin and tonic. There you go. Thank That's what you, it'll do. Karen. You're welcome. I one can. Like a fool. God. You forgot how long our episodes are, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay, going in. Oh, nice. <laughs> Our classiest episode yet. Really is. I mean, on, apart from the last episode where we were literally opening cans in front of an audience. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, it's just us. Oh, well, um, yeah, he he basically, Josh basically thinks he has to stop her, um, his own freedom and very likely Elizabeth Wakefield's life depended on it. Luckily, Todd drives off so slowly, Josh is able to just run after yep. them. How slowly is he driving or how fast is Josh well, running? There's both of these things. I suppose also the weather is so bad that he's being he's being very careful in his in driving. Fairness, it's just raining. But yeah, I know. But they don't know what to do with rain. Oh, Carol Walker stays home from school. It's a fucking fiasco <laughs> when it rains in this town. By the way, this gin and elderflower <laughs> in a can is delicious isn't it <laughs> it's so good yeah I'm telling you um, any Irish listeners it is Boyle's gin and elderflower tonic mm-hmm. distilled in <gasps> West Waterford hell yeah baby <laughs> support local <laughs> of course I'm dissolving the Waterford shout outs in this episode <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Waterford County Council <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> this is just the sort of thing that I think councils should invest in. You know, you're right. <laughs> they don't know what they're missing. <laughs> so yeah, Josh is, is running by to BMW oh, on the way to a party. Unseen as well. Like, yeah, they don't even notice this man <laughs> running alongside <laughs> on the footpath. I mean, I've, I feel tired just thinking about it. I know. <laughs> also, also, I mean... Oh, there's things about the geography of Sweet Valley that are very confusing it's a in, mystery. This, in this episode because Mountain <laughs> Crest seems to be at the countryside now. Oh. But anyway, uh, so we leave Josh trotting away behind the car. <laughs> uh, car. Luckily, Todd is, we're, we're told, setting a cautious pace. Yep, there you go. Crawling along at 20 miles an hour, apparently. If that. I mean, I don't think I'll be able to follow somebody. Oh. In fact, I absolutely wouldn't. <laughs> I can walk like... Actually, yeah, very true. <laughs> three miles in an hour. <laughs> But uh, anyway, Jessica uh, heads off in the Jeep of Death. Um, <laughs> we're told she's just a little bit grumpy. Mm. Seems a slightly l- trivial way to describe somebody who just saw her second um, boyfriend dead in two months and also yeah. saw murdered in front of her very eyes. She's had a lot going on, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she turns on the radio. Get a blast from the past. She does. Yes, we hear that her favourite new Jamie Peters single comes on, apparently. And she's singing along to it, happy out. She uh, taps out the beat on the steering wheel. She's having a great time. You get the lyrics. It's, if I catch you talking to her, yeah, talking to her. If I catch you walking with her, yeah, walking with her. Does it rhyme, Jamie? No, but you know what? I just love seeing lyrics in any sweet fashion. I know, it's always, <laughs> it's always so exciting. funny. <laughs> 
Um, but yes, then her her little broadcast is interrupted there too because I guess they're just putting out this bulletin every 30 minutes or something. It's like we're hearing everybody or like experiencing everybody hearing this news about Josh escaping uh-huh. from prison. Like, but it's all happening at different times in the day. <laughs> like, none of this is happening simultaneously. So they're just constantly interrupting <gasps> the radio. But they say once again we interrupt this broadcast. Uh, okay, so it is a continued yeah, special bulletin. There bulletin. you go. Yeah, so of course this is the first that Jessica has heard of this and she slams on the brakes uh, and just kind of pulls over for a second. She's just like, oh my God, he's escaped, he's loose, this is terrible. So she's kind of, um, kind of remembers him like shouting, uh, denying how he'd killed James, blaming it on some imaginary girl who supposedly looked just like Jessica and Elizabeth. Oh, if only there were many things that have happened to you recently, <laughs> Jessica, that would bear out <laughs> Very the fact weird and consistent good... things. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so she just gets a bit freaked out. She's like, oh God, he, he saw us. He'll, he knows what we look like. He'll remember us. He's out there somewhere. Uh, he might want revenge and come after us because we turned him in. <gasps> so she kind of thinks, oh my God, this is all terrible. And if he's on the prowl, it means danger for someone. Danger for... Elizabeth? <gasps> because, you know, twin tuition. Of course. <laughs> so. Oh, there's so, the twin tuition, we ain't seen nothing it's yet. Off the it chairs. just goes yeah. even madder. It's got visions there later you go. on. Oh, look at it. Yes. So she starts to think, okay, look, apparently she has, she realizes bad luck comes in threes. She was like, first Sam, then James. She's like, who will be next? So she realizes she's a bit of a sitting duck having pulled over mm. on the side of the road there on her own in the Jeep. So she boots it out to Lila's house. And she does pass the crash site. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And actually that would be very uh, unnerving, yeah, I'm sure. Driving would. on your own as well, like on a stormy night. But also, where is Fowler Crest? Like we've <laughs> always been told that like Jessica, or sorry, not Jessica, Lila and Bruce lived mm. in sort of the fancy it's, end of town. But yeah. now it's like you've got to drive past the you know, this deserted road <laughs> with like tree, you know, because yeah. when they had the um, Jeep crash, it mm. was like it was off the road, not in a residential True. area. It was yeah, like yeah, yeah. trees and mm. scrubland I do or feel something. like, yeah, the fancy houses are kind of like up a hill. That's true. They are up a you hill know? because remember Jessica had to drive down without the lights. Exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. So they are just that bit. Yeah. Maybe they're a bit removed. Somewhat removed. Just enough from the riffraff. Well, <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> well, we cut to Fowler Crest and Lila's literally snapping her fingers as she thr- struts through the party like, cool daddy-o. Oh, she's amazing. Good for you, Lila. <laughs> Um, so yeah she's uh, delighted with herself and her big bash of course she is because the band are playing a jazzy dance tune <laughs> what more could you possibly want of course it's jazz <laughs> of course I mean I'm actually really happy it is because this is you know the hundredth book mm-hmm. you couldn't ha- I mean I would have been happy with the droids but in a way you know it's yeah another it's level very very idiosyncratic tastes <laughs> for a bunch of 16 year olds honestly yes <laughs> Um, so she meets Bruce and Pamela. They both look incredible, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce slings an arm around Lila's shoulders and plants a loud smack on her cheek. And uh, you're a babe, Fowler, he drawled. Definitely the hostess with the mostess, the belle of the ball, the standard by which all <laughs> other fair females must be judged. And Lila says, keep talking, Mr. Smooth. I mean, this does not fit in with their no, dynamic. it doesn't at all. Because like, they kind of hate each other. They do. Like, and they had that like big kiss then like ages ago. Do you remember? They like the two of them kissed <gasps> like mid-argument yes, or something. Was so good. And it was fucking brilliant. And then it was just like never mentioned oh. again. But they've always had a kind of like a sexy rivalry chemistry they between have. them somewhat. Not Apart- this sort of. Not in this miniseries though, and especially not when he was 
being horrible to her during mm. the jungle prom and he made really gross comments to her. That's true though, but in that era, we, they totally mm. forgot, like, forgot, as did we. Yes. <laughs> the fact they'd had that moment. But they have always had the sort of, you know, the Batman canning emperor. Yeah, they're like families at war with each yeah, other. Yeah, the so. Fowler yeah. microchips. <laughs> of course, we've read the Fowler saga. Mm. We know about the Wazo. <laughs> <laughs> we know what's really up. <laughs> um... So uh, Bruce does say, seriously, it's a fabulous party. He mm. couldn't have done better himself. And Lana's like, high praise. Um, and she circulates and feels like she's doing a public service. <laughs> yeah, she realises that, uh, well, she had thought nobody would be in the mood for a party, but realises mm. she was wrong. Maybe this was just what the whole town needed to let go and have fun again. <gasps> Maybe her New Year's Eve ball would literally bounce them all right <laughs> into a great New Year. There you go. All you need is a party. Problem solved. That is the Sweet Valley way, in fairness. So then she sees Todd and Liz. Oh, this is it. She's not sure because she recognises this fuchsia dress and knows that it's definitely not something that Liz would wear uh, and realises that she was with Jessica mm-hmm. when she oh, bought gets so confusing now. at Lizette. It's like, I'm saying it like that, but I can't even remember if I it know, was Jessica or not. It's so confusing. It's so confused because Margot went on at least two, two yeah, yeah. shopping trips. But they go on so many. Oh my so. God. They're constantly out buying dresses and trying on dresses. It is so hard to keep it all straight. It really is. But anyway, so she sees Liz and Todd dancing, mm-hmm. thinks it's Jessica because the dress is so unlike Liz. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what is Todd doing dancing with Jessica when he's supposed to be back together with Liz what's Jessica doing and then she kind of worries a bit and is like god I hope Jess isn't flipping out again like she did before but then as she watches she realises it is Liz because you know the hairstyle the way she moved soft gentle smile <laughs> oh, fuck off ugh. <laughs> ugh. Actually, ugh. but uh, yeah so Lila kind of has a moment where she's like god she kind of shakes her head she's like I've known those two forever since when do I have trouble telling them apart I'm sorry what <laughs> like you've been fooled about <laughs> five times completely and fully fooled by Margot so yeah sorry now Lila but mm. the old observational powers are not <laughs> quite where you think they are <laughs> Well, we cut to the dance floor and Liz speaks for all of Sweet Valley High. <laughs> and she says, I love this kind of music, to Elizabeth said to Todd, as the band swung into another jazzy dance I mean, tune. What else? It makes me feel like I'm a character in The Great Gatsby or something. <laughs> that, I mean, I wouldn't be comparing myself to that at a no. big party. But, um, Todd likes it too, he says, but he holds her close, even though it's not a slow song, and says he's not letting her go. Yeah, I think Todd is very much like he's literally not letting her out of his sight tonight. Because in fairness to him, he is actually he has a reason for this. It's true, yeah. And I, this is the thing: Liz doesn't know that Josh. Yeah, why has he said something? Told her, like, like, at least put her on the alert. I know. Yeah. Um, so he's vigilant as he scans the crowd uh, looking out for Josh because mm-hmm. he's sure that Josh is going to like make his way to Liz but it's just the the, the gang mm-hmm. um, and he knows Josh is crazy enough to turn up and uh, we're told as long as that homicidal maniac was <laughs> running around he planned to stick to Elizabeth like the Secret Service stuck to the president there you go so we cut to the garden Josh is scuttling into the bushes. <laughs> oh, Josh. He's fucking starving and just looking at all these like tables groaning under the oh, weight of food. so awful. Oh, and I feel so bad for him. <laughs> so yeah, like he's shivering and winded and just like, oh God, everything is terrible. So he's trying to kind of see in the window and see can he spot Margot. Um, but he sees Todd and Liz and he's like, yes. oh, is that Liz? Or oh. it might be Margot. He's just not sure really. But just he's going to try and keep an eye on things as best he can from outside. But then he hears somebody coming. Coming, so he's back into the bushes with Josh. 
<laughs> for cover. So he's just kind of skulking around yeah. outside for the minute. Yes, he hears high heels mm-hmm. on the flagstones and who's that girl? <laughs> it's Jess. <Hey. laughs> nice. And uh, she hears a bustle in the hedgerow. And she's alarmed now. It's time for everything. There it is. <laughs> Gone from new girl to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the segue. But, uh, I mean, first time they've been connected, I'm sure. <laughs> but she can't see anything because Todd or Josh is, I guess, very good at hiding. Mm-hmm. And she goes into the party and she sees Liz is safe and sound. Um, and she's relieved and she feels like, oh, I'm just being ridiculous. Like, we're safe here with all our friends. We're in yeah. Fowler Crust. And the tension melts from her body, we're told, as she became part of the lively crowd. Ah. Um, so we cut to Liz's POV which all she considers telling Todd about her you know insightful (laughs) lucid dream but she decides not to so like Todd doesn't know Mm. that she's figured out about that it was Jessica who spiked her drink which is mad no it is madness that she didn't tell him it's very strange (laughs) but she goes to say hi to Enid and she praises Enid's dress and uh, again we have a moment where the weirdness should have you know the weirdness of, of Margot running around <laughs> should have come up. <laughs> Scampering around. Like yeah. how crowded is this party? I you can know. have two people who look the same and nobody <laughs> sit, no, in the same clothes. Mm. Like there's two Liz's and there nobody notices. Yeah, this is it. Because when she says hello to Enid, Enid kind of turns to her and she's like, hi again yourself. Uh, and thanks her for the compliment. And Liz is like, again, what do you mean? But as soon as she's said that, she sees <sighs> that Jessica has arrived. So like nobody gets to follow the yeah. train of thought ever or like dig even the tiniest bit into like someone about to be like, oh, wait, but weren't you just... Didn't like, you just compliment no. my dress like yeah. five minutes ago? It just doesn't happen. But yeah, so she's she's cut off anyway because she sees Jessica arriving uh, and sees that Jessica is starting towards her. Uh, so she's just like, no, I actually can't be civil towards her right now. And like, obviously can't pretend that she doesn't know what what Jessica actually did. Mm, yeah. So she runs off. She does. Uh, not crying, but no. she does <laughs> run away and she takes for the stairs. Mm. And we cut to Jessica's point of view and she sees Liz running away from her and she thinks she's uh, probably going to the loo mm. or as she thinks, she's going to the powder room. <laughs> Imagine even your brain. You're thinking powder room instead of toilet. I know. <laughs> the jacks. Yes. <laughs> The shitter. <laughs> Tell you, it's all class this episode, you guys. <laughs> two cans. Well, not even two cans. It's like, like two mouthfuls of this gin tonic. It's that good. <laughs> it's magic vodka. <laughs> I'm just going to start dancing. Now. Oh, no. Do not get into any Jeeps tonight. <laughs> I'll be getting the bus home, listeners. Um, don't drink a drive. Um, so, yeah, she she worries that Liz is, you know, maybe she's not just going to the loo, maybe she's avoiding her. And, mm. like, how is she going to make her confession, which she really is determined to do. She is, yeah. If Liz is, you know, running away every time yeah. she sees her. But, um, you know, she can't wimp out. Whatever happens, she has to make Liz uh, listen to her. And then Lila greets her and very passive-aggressively. Oh, my God. <laughs> sympathises with her on her uh, fashion. <laughs> she pats Jessica's arm sympathetically. Oh, my God. I see you lent Liz your newest dress and you got stuck wearing one of Amy's hand-me-downs. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Just so, tell her she looks nice, Lila. Fucking hell. Yeah, like you got stuck. <laughs> Her 
wearing a hand-me-down. And the dress does sound nice. It does, to be fair. It's a nice fucking dress. It is. Uh, and she also, Lila, also says, it's too bad you didn't settle on any of the dresses you tried on when we went shopping the other day. <laughs> Jessica literally says, what are you talking about? And Lila says, that purple dress is really cute. And, you know, you'd have stood out in the crowd. No one else wearing purple. But I liked the black one, blah, blah, blah. And Lila continued, we're told, to blab on about some shopping trip that Jessica was pretty sure must have taken place in Lila's mind since the two of them hadn't gone to the mall together in ages. <laughs> oh, my God. Why the fuck would you not say something? Oh, like, I know. this is one of the maddest things where you just be like I don't care what's happened yeah, yeah. just be like Lila what are you talking about <laughs> exactly no but no one ever this is the thing everyone's always suitably distracted by something else and for Jessica in this instance it's the fact that she has to get to Liz yeah. before midnight yes. so she's just not really she's, she's yeah she sees like Lila's talking about something and she's just like oh whatever I can't care about this now I've got bigger things to worry about so everybody just has something mm. to distract them just in time and again this is just timing working in Margot's face I mean, the universe the is, is uh, playing her game mm. Well, we cut to Todd, who we're told has lost Elizabeth in the Sea of Revelers. Wow, it's a big party, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so how big is it? I mean, Fowler Crest is a Cluedo board, so yeah. <laughs> but it says she's invited about 100. Oh. So I had a wedding. We, hmm. we had 100 people at my wedding. Okay. And that is not, as it turns out, you wouldn't lose a someone. massive <laughs> wedding. We could fit yeah. into, you know, the function room at the top of Fallenburg. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> that means nothing to lots no, of people. <laughs> it's a posh sort of Dean and DeLuca style grocery store that has a restaurant above it and a function room above mm. that in the middle of Dublin. It's not big. No. So there is no way you've got 100 people in a room. You'd just be like, well, she's just <laughs> she's gone, gone forever. <laughs> in the massive, massive crowd. Um, but uh, yeah, he, she, he finds Enid and she tells him that Liz went upstairs. So he heads upstairs mm-hmm. and he's familiar with Lila's house from all her many soirees. So he knows how many bathrooms there are um, on the hallway, not even on suites. Yeah. Just like constant lavatories. And mm-hmm. um, so basically he, he opens a bunch of doors. He can't find her. She's not in the loo. But then he bursts into a guest bedroom that's bathed. In the warm glow of a small lamp. Oh. And who could be there, Karen? Why, it's Elizabeth, fluffing <gasps> her hair in the mirror. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd exclaims, here you are, with relief. And he wraps his arm around Elizabeth's waist and says, what are you doing hiding like this? And she's like, oh, I'm just like freshening up. Um, I was hoping you'd come looking for me. And then Todd notices something a little bit odd. <laughs> Oh, he sees, he says, oh, you found it. I didn't notice you were wearing your necklace. Because, yes, she is, in fact, wearing the lavalier. (gasps) (laughs) Elizabeth says, I've found everything that rightfully belongs to me. I mean, Marco, come on. Like, this is really bad in terms of making sure nobody notices the difference. Like, do not wear the one signature Mm -hmm. item that you know the real Elizabeth isn't wearing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) fucking stupid. I'm sorry. So um, she uh, she pulls Todd forward for a kiss and eagerly he brings his mouth down to hers. <laughs> their lips brushed in a tantalising fashion. And then Todd stiffened, his arms still locked around Elizabeth. Her eyes were half closed. Her lips parted in a tiny <laughs> smile of anticipation. Can you imagine that's so weird? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't see 
that, listeners? But Karen just did a very impressive, quote, tiny smile of anticipation. It came with an unexpected sound effect and everything. <laughs> yeah, it was very authentic, I have to say. But Todd stiffened. Not in a good way. <laughs> Not in the way Marco might like. <laughs> Those in-car hand jobs are going to have to wait. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> but his arms still locked around Elizabeth. Um, and uh, he thinks, what was it about that smile? <laughs> it was lovely and inviting. Hmm. Well done, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but also eerie. Almost sinister. It was the smile of a stranger. <laughs> oh, shit. Something isn't right. But... <gasps> Someone isn't right. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is quite creepy the way this it's is written. It's so fairness, creepy, isn't it? Actually, properly quite scary. It I mean, is. I know we love Margot shenanigans, yeah. but there's always something really sinister. Mm. And I think it taps into some like deep fear. And I find it really scary in films where people think somebody is somebody they know and yes. trust. Ooh, and then yeah. like their face changes. It's just... <laughs> It's horrible. It's the sort of thing that still I cannot watch without being freaked out. It's very freaky. Um, is, yeah, he does. He does kind of stare at her and think, "Is this Jessica again trying to dupe him?" And then he's like, "No, Jessica's wearing a different dress. I just saw her downstairs." So he kind of dismisses his doubts, bends his head to kiss her. It's like, well, no, it must be fine. But then again, like their lips meet, he freezes again and a wave of repulsion shook his body. <gasps> Every nerve seemed to cry out, no, this is crazy, Todd thought. What's wrong with you, Wilkins? But he just can't control his feelings. So he kind of steps away from her and is like, okay, let's just go back downstairs. He kind of says it lightly, trying yeah. to discover for the fact that he's absolutely freaked out. Uh, he says, you know, we're missing all the fun. But Elizabeth is like, forget the party, Todd. <laughs> we can have our own party right here. Doesn't that sound like more fun? <laughs> and once again, Margot's horniness has given her away. <laughs> the words and tone hit Todd. <laughs> Bucket of ice cold water. <laughs> Instantly, he knew he wasn't with Elizabeth. Elizabeth would never say something like that unless her body had been taken over by aliens. I'm like, sorry, that is not that racy. <laughs> like, so if your girlfriend even hints that she might want to ride you, it's like, no, you're not my girlfriend. Not even riding. Just like we could be alone right here. Isn't that more fun? Like that could just be oh innocent. God. I Kissing. Know. Like, it, truly, yes, but just, it's too much for Todd <gasps> anyway. Even Jessica wouldn't <laughs> go that far. And then his eyes widen. So that means. <gasps> he finally fucking puts it together. So he's oh. kind of taking in all the features. He's like, all the features are right. And then he remembers Josh <gasps> saying, somebody else pushed James Margot, a girl who looked like the twins. And he suddenly realizes that Josh wasn't lying. <gasps> there was someone else on the pier uh. that night. Someone else did murder James. Someone who looked so much <laughs> like Elizabeth. She could impersonate her, that she could even fool Elizabeth's own boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Todd. I know. But I do, this is a good scene. It is very good. So she's just watching him, oh, but her expression turns wary. So Todd is like, he realises that her eyes are the right colour, but everything else about them is wrong. The girl's eyes were somehow empty, soulless. They held no emotion, no warmth, no humanity. They were like the eyes of a china doll. Doll's eyes. Straight away. Exact oh, same thought. Margot is Jaws. She truly is. Is <laughs> <laughs> a vagina doll or of a mad person? <gasps> of a killer. <gasps> <laughs> you 
you're not Elizabeth, Dodd sputtered, oh. horror nearly robbing him of the power of speech. And if you're not Jessica either, who, who are you? Oh and apparently God. the mouth he'd come so close to kissing twisted into a hideous grimace. Oh, that'd be so scary. <laughs> so creepy. So she's trying to escape his clutches now. She snarls like a wild cat. She writhes in his arms like a oh, snake. Like a snake. <laughs> the snake references are back. Yes. Amazing. Oh my God. So she wiggles away like a snake. <laughs> so... She's kind of Todd with her strength apparently reaches behind she her. Does. She reaches behind her grabbing something and before Todd can raise a hand to shield himself because he doesn't even know what's going on she swings an arm aiming straight for his skull. <gasps> and then we cut to Margot's POV as she stands over Todd's possible corpse. <laughs> she actually thinks she might have killed him. Yep. But then she realises he's not dead. She does wipe the sweat from her upper lip because she's got all worked up by this. And thinks, <laughs> oh, she's panting again. <laughs> she mutters, the idiot, the big stupid idiot. Didn't he know a good thing when he saw it? Didn't he realise he'd have a lot more fun with her than he ever had with Elizabeth? But uh, <laughs> he's out like a light, but he's not dead. Far from it, she thinks. Oh, and then God. wants to do another murder. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah, she, she manages to stop herself because she does think, I'll hit him once more. This time I'll crush his skull. I oh have to gosh. kill him. He knows about me. But then she does stop herself and think, no, it's not necessary. Killing Todd would ruin the purity and simplicity of her plan. Oh, you think, Margaret? Really? <laughs> there would be only one perfect death that night. <gasps> Elizabeth's. <gasps> but then she thinks, but he'll wake up and tell people what happened here. <laughs> I'll tell them I'm not Elizabeth. And then... <laughs> her comforting thought... Is so fucking stupid. <laughs> um, her face cleared and she smiled. Yes, he'd tell them that. But so what? Why on earth would anyone believe him? It was such a wild, improbable, impossible story. I mean, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but someone else had just told the same one. She thinks they'd think he was nuts. A raving lunatic. Yes. Poor <laughs> 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 Todd went insane. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'll tell people. It won't be too tough for them to see it for themselves. Jesus Christ, Margot. Have you not heard? Blood tests. The nope. fact that two lunatics in inverted commas are talking about this Wakefield lookalike. I think the police might, you know, maybe check a bit. Somebody with no history of mental illness who they know is suddenly having a psychotic episode. And not thinking, a problem for Margot. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, she leaves in there. She's got some regrets because he's so hot. Well, it turns out it was a waste of hunk in the end. <laughs> Oh, no, nothing worse than a wasted hunk. Honestly, but she does lock the door because she's like, right, we'll need to keep him in here anyway for as long as possible. Well, she locks the door and it's pretty easily opened later on. Like, I, I mean, this is why I'm genuinely wondering, did several oh, people write this, this book? This was absolutely like, did they get, like, like yeah. you get chapter and 10. And I'll take this <laughs> Yeah. But yes, she still has more work to do. Mm. Meanwhile, Liz is in Lila's ensuite bathroom, basically hiding from Jess. Pretty much, yeah. So she knows, I suppose, when she knows the layout of Fowler Crest and mm. knows that Lila's bathroom is like the properly kind of private one where you won't get like interrupted or anyone walking in on you. Um, so she's kind of just trying to get herself together, really, mm. because she's so freaked, I guess, after realising what actually happened. Yes. The night of the jungle prom. So she she takes out her lip gloss, does up her makeup, brushes her hair, and she's just <laughs> trying to be like, right, okay. Get a grip. <laughs> I need to, you know, figure this whole thing out. Um, but then she kind of starts to realise how Jessica must have been feeling all this time. Oh. And it's... It's it's too much. It's too much. Like, I would say it's generous, but it's more than that. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like. ridiculous. <laughs> and also, 
This is triggered by the fact she has another fucking vision. Because <laughs> as she thought about her sister, a strange thing happened. Just for a moment, the face in the mirror seemed to change ever so slightly. Just for a moment, Elizabeth found herself looking at Jessica's face in the mirror rather than her own reflection. Jessica's eyes were almost unbelievably sad, tortured by grief and remorse. Her trembling lips on. were on the verge of spilling forth words of apology. <clears throat> and that's how she suddenly sure Jessica's really sad. It's so bad. Like, yeah, because she kind of thinks, you know, obviously spiking the punch was a mean, stupid thing to do, but that like she went overboard with the whole prom oh, come thing on. too. Like, why are you taking responsibility for this? It's ridiculous. Also, the spiking isn't even the worst part. The worst part mm. is the fact that after Sam died, she let you think that it was all your think fault. Think it was your fault. Completely, yeah. But she's just like, oh, she couldn't have anticipated what would have happened and how the night would end. She was just being typical thoughtless Jessica. And it's like, that doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what she did. Like, like afterwards, the worst thing is afterwards. The yeah. worst thing is that she didn't tone up. Oh, and so she bad. sort of thought that earlier. This yeah. is why it's so mad. Because early on, she definitely saw mm. that the fact that Jessica had let her take that yes. guilt and blame and go on trial oh. and risk prison. And say nothing. Did yeah. nothing to stop her going from, you know, <laughs> to prison. But now she's like, oh, I suppose it was a bit of a bitch about the joke yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same thing. Oh my God. But yeah, while she's having all these thoughts anyway, uh, there's a knock on the door. It jolts Elizabeth from her reverie. Oh, your faith. <laughs> it's Jessica. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> or is it? Well, she wants to talk to her in private. She does. But just in case you were wondering if she was Jessica wanting to, you know, make hmm. her confession. Um, Jessica on the other side of the door says she'll wait for Liz. In the pool house. Huh, interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, Liz is like, oh, what the, f-? you know, okay, fine. Um, might as well, literally thinks we might as well get, get this, this over with. with. She does say, look, let's just talk here. But when she opens the door and comes outside, there's nobody there. <gasps> we cut to Ned and Alice. Yeah, got a flat tire, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Uh, it's 15 minutes till midnight and they're only a few miles from Sweet Valley and they can even see the lights mm. in the distance. There you go. We cut back to Fowler Crest. Jessica is still looking for Liz. She mm. has a feeling, she goes into the bathroom because um, she feels that, you know, she feels Liz's vibe, yeah. basically. <laughs> <Sense of> the vibe. <laughs> Which says, the question is, are they good vibes or bad vibes? Uh, yeah, and that's not just us being very current and saying vibes all the time. It's literally in the book. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting vibes. <laughs> and she says, the question is, are they good vibes or bad vibes? That was actually a quote. Yeah. But then she sees Liz's lip gloss. Mm, yes, and she realises it's hers because it's not the type of thing Lila would ever wear. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, so Liz was here. So where did she go? And she's really convinced Liz is in trouble and mm. she's starting to feel increasingly panicky. Like, yeah. um, and also, it's 10 to midnight. We know she's got this, in, you know, she's made this She's got this deadline herself. for herself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we come back to, oh my God. This is clearly, so much cutting back There's Also, <laughs> these scenes are clearly just to like, oh, we'll just, you know, keep them, um, you know, to keep the tension mounting yeah, yeah. with the plot that they actually I care feel like about. It does work well at one point, but all this lead up to it is just so much cutting back and forth. It's, it's just like, oh my God, stick well. with the thing. These scenes are <laughs> yeah. too long. So we go mm. back to Billy and Stephen who are like heavy petting on the couch. <laughs> Essentially, and uh, yes, their mouths melt melt together, and another kiss as hot as a forest fire. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> but then there's a, a TV news alert about Josh. Yes. So Stephen knows the twins are in danger, and he slips his feet into his loafers. <laughs> 
miss that bitch. Because <laughs> that's what the cool students were in 1993. And I should know I was one. It's those cool college kids. <laughs> They're loafers. Sensible loafers. Oh, by the way, he does try to ring, in fairness to him, he tries to ring Father Crest, but oh. the phone is dead. Yes, he realises the phone line is dead. So they hop in the car because it's like, right. Oh yeah, he's like, you wait here. And Billy's like, no, I'm not fucking waiting here. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Billy. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Jessica has gone up to the third floor of Fowler Crest, where she doesn't usually spend time. And it's mostly mm. unused storage rooms. Yeah. And she wants to go down and, you know, sort of raise the alarm that Liz and Todd have vanished and says, they just laugh and elbow each other. Liz and Todd left the party early, huh? Wink, wink. I mean, based on this book, that would be very <laughs> out of character. Everybody like, what? They're not here? Oh, my God. Well, it's not like they're up to anything ever. So we better look for them. Fat fucking jobs. <laughs> So Jessica is still terrified. We're told she has a hunch so strong it was almost like a telegraphic message. Oh my God. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks that even though her and Liz haven't been talking for months, how many months? Who knows? <laughs> um, they're still connected and she'll always know when Liz needs her and she yes. needs her now. And then she looks out the window. <gasps> yes, she sees the glimmer of a deep pink dress and a flash <gasps> of pale hair. I think this is just as like a lightning bolt as a oh, slice through the sky. Does, because Jesus. we're at maximum fucking drama. So uh, it just gives her enough light to see, uh, yes, this figure heading out towards the pool house. And she's like, oh my God, someone's out there. It's Elizabeth. So she knows now where she's heading for. Well, we cut to Josh and he's still in the shrubbery, but he can no longer see in, in uh, see through the steamy windows <laughs> coming from the body heat. So sexy in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he thinks like, how can he keep a protective eye on the twins when he can't even see the room? Mm. Uh, so he thinks he has to risk going in. Yeah. And he, so he heads around towards the back door and he sees Liz. <gasps> Or is it Margot? Oh my God, who knows? Yes, he sees a pink dress, basically, a girl going across. Uh, so he's like, that's who he saw dancing with Todd. So he's like, yeah, is it Liz? Is it Margot? Oh God, what's going on? But as he watches this figure disappear into the pool house, before he can even make a move to follow her, another figure appears. <gasps> and this is another girl with fair hair and a pink oh dress. God. And he's like, oh shit, okay, well, one of these is definitely Margot. So he's like, right, I need to get in there. So it's time for him to take action. So he dashes forward to head for the pool house. Are we cut to Liz wondering why the fuck Jessica wants to meet in this pool house? We're told it doesn't even have a, like, you can only reach it by walking across the lawn, mm -hmm. which has somehow become like like the fucking sob. It's just, like, it's just it's mud ridiculous. everywhere. <laughs> it's like trench warfare is going on. <laughs> and the door to the pool house is ajar when she finally gets there, mm -hmm. but there's no light. So she wonders, like... She, has she made a mistake? Why would Jessica wait in darkness? So she calls, Jessica, are you in here? And then we get the confrontation that we've been waiting for <laughs> all through this series. Honestly, five years in the making. <laughs> Can you tell us what happens? Oh my God. Oh, it's so good. So, so it genuinely is great. I know. So oh. yeah, Liz thinks she hears something, a footstep, a whispered word. <gasps> so as she walks into the pool house, a girl steps out of the shadows oh. and Liz catches her breath thinking she's looking into the mirror. The girl took another step. <gasps> she was real, not a reflected image, but, but the dress, Elizabeth thought surprised. So it's not Jessica's dress. This is fuchsia and strapless, the same dress Elizabeth is wearing. <gasps> so she's like, OK, someone else at the party, both the same dress. That's all. But then she looks at the girl's face in the hopes that she'd find herself looking at a stranger. But no, 
the face was her own. Every feature identical. And around the girl's throat, a golden necklace glimmered. My lavalier, Elizabeth thought with surprise. So she's staring at this girl, expecting Jessica. This is not Jessica. Something was terribly wrong. The blood drains from her face, leaving her pale as a ghost. You're not Jessica, she whispered. No, the girl's <laughs> lips curved in a smile. A tiny dimple creased her cheek. Yes, it did. But the smile didn't reach her blue-green eyes. They <gasps> remained as cold and hard as stones. No, she repeated softly. I'm not Jessica. I'm Elizabeth. <laughs> some jingle bells to break the oh tension. My God. Like that is a maximum point horror kind so of drama. Good. It's so creepy. So good. <laughs> My notes just say, yes, it all, it oh, all goes. Yes. <laughs> and then from that, we get a fucking pointless scene <laughs> with Steve and, and Billy racing to Fowler Crest. Then we get Ned and Alice finally fixing a new tyre. Mm-hmm. And Alice is like, let's not go straight home. Let's stop at Fowler Crest first. And because then, I'm fucking psychic now too. <laughs> oh, who isn't? And Ned says, we'll cramp their style. You know, this is yeah. their New Year's Eve party. But Alice doesn't care. So Ned gives in. Yeah. Then we go back where we really want to go. The pool house. Oh my God. <laughs> and Elizabeth steps backwards, her wide, terrified eyes glued to the girl in the fuchsia dress. The girl who was now wielding yes. an enormous butcher knife. Fucking yes. <laughs> so good. Get it, Margot. Oh, I think we need to raise our glasses. Oh, look. How could we not? <laughs> Click. Uh, <laughs> the sound of two cans bumping yes, into each other. Really it doesn't quite give the right sound effect. It doesn't, but we are. <laughs> we have waited to see Margot advance oh upon a Wakefield God. wielding a knife, and now we are uh, we are here. It is happening. Liz is fumbling behind her, hoping that there's a, another door, but no, she's trapped. The other, this is the funniest thing is that Margot's <laughs> sense of drama oh my God. just means that she does everything so fucking slowly. So slowly. <laughs> so There's funny. so many opportunities to stop her, but Liz is just too frozen by fear <laughs> to <laughs> do anything. She's approaching with slow, measured steps, her right arm raised, lightning flickered outside, and the deadly blade glittered white and cold. This can't be happening, Elizabeth thought. I mean, Anywhere else, you'd think. Fair enough. But here, I mean, you have been kidnapped already. Surely. So she realises why it seems so familiar. It's her dream come to life. Oh from the lake God. part. Oh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but everything else. Yes. So she said, thinks, I'm finally finding out how it ends. <sighs> oh, my God. I'm going to die. Oh, shit. But she's mesmerised by Margot's evil features. Oh, Jesus. Yes, she uh, <laughs> she was looking at her own face, at Jessica's face. And yet she wasn't. This face was different under the surface. It's her eyes. They keep going on about her eyes being like the eyes of a killer. It's like, come on. Are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, she gazed into the girl's eyes and shuddered at what she saw. Evil. Pure evil. <laughs> Who are you, Elizabeth? Whispered. The girl smiled. You heard me, she said softly. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth. <laughs> I used to be Margot, but now it's my turn to be Elizabeth, which means it's time for you to go. <gasps> it's so good. Like, I do, so... I love the drama, but also fucking stab her already, Margot. I mean, she's literally walking really <laughs> slowly, <laughs> like, holding <laughs> this knife. Liz has so much time to do something. Just push her over in one. Anything. 
Like, just take advantage of her love of, you know, dramatic moments yeah. and, like, uh, push past her. Um, and actually, Liz does realise that nobody knows where she is, mm. um, which is pretty scary. And she tries to stall for time. So she thinks, I have to talk to her. It's my only chance. So she's like, what do you mean time? Like, what, what do you mean saying it's your turn to yeah. be Elizabeth? And she says my turn <laughs> to live the kind of life I deserve. And then she lowers her hand to, with the knife so she could run her fingers along the edge of a blade. Like her weird, creepy love of knives should be, <laughs> you know, taken advantage of, I think. No. Oh, God. But yeah, so she kind of, you know, what? it's a little bit like Debbie Jelinski in Adam's Family Values where it she's is. standing there in a dress just talking about how hard done by she was. Yes. Oh, my God. It's very that, which, you know, big fan. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite cinematic moments. Honestly, stunning. Like, So, yeah, she's just like, you know, you don't know what it's like to be abandoned and unloved and all the rest. And obviously, Margot has had it quite tough. True, true. Uh, but still, you know, it still doesn't excuse <laughs> murders and possibly a sixth. <laughs> we still love her, though. Um, but yeah, so she's just like, uh, just saying, you know, I've been treated like garbage. You've had it so easy. All this. I'll make the most of your life, Elizabeth. I love every minute of it. And Elizabeth suddenly realises you know my life what do you mean my life and kind of pieces so Liz finally pieces together yeah she's not just going to kill me she's going to kill me and take over my identity <laughs> normal things once again <laughs> I nearly choked on my canned delicious canned gin and elderflower tonic <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so good Marco is just doing a full villain like speech so good yeah and Liz <laughs> rightly thinks that this scheme is deranged. It's like, you won't get away with it. You can't become me. You can't fool my parents, my sister and brother, my boyfriend. Yeah. They'll know the difference. It'll never work. And Margot tips back her head. Yes. <laughs> Garrett's acting this out now. He's very impressive. <laughs> and laughed uproariously. <laughs> This is what we miss not being in the same room. Oh my god. Uh, I just love Margot laughing up <laughs> to the best. <laughs> well, she says, you think so? Well, Elizabeth, let me put your mind at ease. I've studied for this part. I've been watching you and your family for weeks. I've been in your school, your house, your bedroom. I've worn your clothes and read your diary. Oh my god. I have an old down pet. This does not reflect well on your family and friends. Sure does. <laughs> they were all fooled super easily. Except Edith. Except Edith, but she's not going to tell her that. No. But yeah, then Liz realises that it was Margot that had like gone through her stuff and read her <gasps> diary and all the rest when she'd accused Jessica. And it's like, well, you know, what else was she to think? How could yeah. she ever have imagined this? So yeah, fair. <laughs> True. Um, and she also realises somebody was watching her. Mm. Remember she kept having all those weird feelings like, oh, yeah. somebody, I feel like somebody's looking at me, but that's crazy. And Margot boasts about James. Oh, Margot, she keeps talking too much. It's the downfall of every villain. <laughs> they keep I mean, telling how th- them person how clever they are and how great their plan She's was. spending so much time banging on True. about, uh, you know, all her, about how great she is, basically. <laughs> and to, uh, to, to Liz's horror, she hears that Margot even fooled Alice, which would be very traumatic to hear if somebody was like, oh no, your mother didn't know. Oh, yeah, that would That'd be, be horrible. That would be very creepy. Yeah. But it doesn't reflect well on Alice. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, not much does in this book. <laughs> True. Well, Liz is understandably just devastated and sobbing uncontrollably yeah. to hear how, not just about the fact she's going to get murdered, but how <laughs> easily her loved ones were taken in by this deranged schemer. <laughs> Including snogging Todd. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, she's like, no, no, whispering. And Margot says, he didn't know and he'll never know. <gasps> no, well, I mean, he actually does know. Yeah. And he did, but he did know. Oh, he did. But she, like, she just whacked him over the head. Liz doesn't need to know that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so he says, no one will ever know you're gone. So get ready, Elizabeth. Margot's voice dropped to a whisper. She took another step, looming over Elizabeth. The big <laughs> glittering knife raised high. Say goodbye. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> so we cut. <laughs> we cut away, of course. Yeah, of course we do. Because Margot's doing this all very slowly. Super like slowly. this, yeah. raising the knife <laughs> back like this. Then maybe moving it forward, but not really. She's yeah, just holding just it up for like five minutes as far as I can tell. <laughs> anyway, we cut to Jessica. She's pushing her way through the party crowd. There's one minute till midnight mm. she makes her way outside towards the pool house again the garden really is like the psalm <laughs> in 1916 out there yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's a well tended lawn there's a bit of rain two people have run across <laughs> suddenly like Jessica's shoes are getting stuck <laughs> in the mud splattering brass. her ankle like what the fuck is going on at Fowler Crest is what I want to know it's like someone <laughs> it's like a rugby match has just finished or something because it sounds absolutely wrecked out there yes it's just pure mud it yeah. was a well manicured lawn like an hour and a half ago <laughs> and not anymore no. um, so yeah she makes her way towards the pool house so we cut to Todd who has come to mm-hmm. he clearly has a concussion yeah he remembers everything, however, and he tries to pull himself together and he manages to get out of the door, even though we were told Margaret locked we it. We were like, told it's it was not locked, locked anymore because he just it, opens it. No, he just says he bursts into the hallway, so I can only assume he punched his way out. Oh, there you go. You know, you can't uh, keep the fist of fury locked in. You certainly can't, even when they're concussed. <laughs> so he gets down to uh, to the party room, I mm-hmm. guess, because he has to find Liz before yes. Margot does. He doesn't know how long he's been knocked out as well, so it's pretty scary. Yeah. And everyone's counting down the new year. Uh, including our fave himbo. Yay! Yeah, he runs up to Ken and he's like, Matthews, have you seen Liz? But like, no one can hear him shouting and Ken just grins and waves. Why not say? Classic cat. Adorable. I like to think that Ken could hear but I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so, uh, back at the pool house, Liz cannot bear to look at Margot, who is, in typical style, milking this all for drama and not just stabbing her. It's just like so holding forth. Yep. Because <laughs> this is just like, oh, I can't look at this knife. So she she's turning away. And uh, we hear, they both hear, I guess, the party counting down to the new year. And this is life. Life basically flashes before her eyes. It does. Yes. So <laughs> then, uh, yeah. And all the way through these paragraphs, it's like eight. And then it'll be like seven. Yeah. Liz's life flashes before her eyes. <laughs> Six. <laughs> I mean, they, it flashes very quickly like in a second so yeah uh, as uh, the countdown is happening and Liz realises this is the end for her (gasps) she figures there's one thing she has to do in order to leave the world with a measure of peace in her soul oh my god I forgive you Jess Elizabeth whispered the tears wetting her face like rain I love you five (laughs) (laughs) the countdown continues yeah so that's her coming to terms with Jessica spiking her drink and letting her take the letting fall. her take the fall for Sam dying and going through <laughs> an extremely traumatic trial and also believing she had caused a death and waking up every night screaming for yeah. months yeah it's fine <sighs> yeah it's fine now <laughs> well we cut to Margot's POV she's ready to do the deed <laughs> or is she? 
<laughs> she's commanding herself. I mean, she loves nothing more than a good old stabbing. Well, the fatal moment has arrived, we're told. That's it, yes. Or fateful, sorry. Well, both, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's about to become Elizabeth Wakefield once and for all. <gasps> Do it. <laughs> Margot commanded herself, her fingers tightening in the knife handle, right into her heart. <laughs> Do it. Oh, the voice is commanding her. But for some <gasps> reason, she can't move. So she's kind of frozen and doesn't really get it or realise what's happening and kind of thinks back to how easy all the other murders were. It's like she was practically cheerful carrying oh, out. Oh, just rolling it over people it. in front of their babies. Happy out. Like. <laughs> so she's like, okay, but but for some reason this one is kind of causing <gasps> her trouble. She's like, this is almost like killing myself. Oh. And she's staring at Liz and kind of realises, yes, but that's the whole point. I'm her, which means she's me. I'm just killing oh. off the old Margot. I'm so killing I'm killing my past. <laughs> her death is my rebirth. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I guess all that saying, I am Elizabeth, is like backfiring. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Mm. So she's now kind of like, but now I have to kill Elizabeth. So it's like, Uh-oh. yeah, it has backfired slightly because she is like stopping herself now. Uh, but then she hears everyone <laughs> back at Fowler Crest going, two. Oh my God. So she thinks, maybe I can make it back to the party in time for a midnight kiss. What, you can make it, you can stop somebody for <laughs> back in one second. She she can multitask. Two Mississippi one. <laughs> Yes, but then, uh, yes, the the crowd shouts one in the distance. So her eyes on Elizabeth's bent neck. Oh, Margot slashed downward with the heavy blade. (gasps) But we cut it off. (laughs) (laughs) Like at this point, it is great for building tension, but like it was so much of it up to here. It's like, I'm sick of this now. (laughs) Well, we cut to Jessica who has lost both her shoes in this morass outside the door. Fucking ridiculous. And she bursts into the pool house and she sees two identical girls. But she knows which is Liz. And the scream exploded from her throat. No! Ooh, very nicely done. Oh, thank you. I moved past the microphone there. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> bounding across the room, she threw herself in front of the slashing blade. No. And then, as my notes say, we cut to fucking Stephen. Jesus like, Christ. who cares? <laughs> Not me. No. Well, the balloons have dropped uh, yeah. because we have reached New Year's Eve, uh, the midnight chime, mm-hmm. and everyone's just roaring Happy New Year. So Stephen is just running around the place trying to find out where the twins are, but nobody can hear him. He finds Dana. He's like, Dana, have you seen Liz or Jess? And Dana's like, what? What are you talking about? Well, Happy New Year. So like, nobody is any help <gasps> until a scream cuts through the crowd. Uh, it does. And it's uh, it comes from Enid, who just saw Josh outside by the pool house. So Stephen runs out and basically rugby tackled Josh. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to the pool house and Jessica is feeling a white hot pain like a bolt of lightning because the butcher knife has sliced into her upper arm. Oh my God. But she's also managed to knock the knife from Margot's hand yes. in, in doing so. So Margot's been thrown off balance, her shriek of rage <laughs> reverberating throughout the pool house. Oh my God. You, she's battered Jessica. <laughs> Stay out of this. Do you want me to make me kill you? Oh, what are you going to do then, Jessica? Pretend to be both of them. I mean, you probably could get away just with it. running from one room to the other like Mrs. Doubtfire just changing outfits every four seconds. In fairness, they wouldn't notice based on their past form. <laughs> you can do it, Margot. We believe in you. We can be both twins. <laughs> <laughs> if 
anybody can. It's her. I believe in her totally. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she dives dives for the knife. Margot does. Yes. But so does Elizabeth, ah. who is shocked back to life and hope <laughs> by Jessica's entrance. And Jessica hurls herself into the fray, oh we're told. So, um, yes, life and death hinged, we're told, on the possession of the weapon. If she gets it, we're dead, Jessica realised. Liz and I, we're both dead. So, grunting. <laughs> Three girls wrestle madly for control of the knife. Oh my God. Yes, there's like people getting scratched. Uh, It's a mess. But then Jessica finally feels the smooth, cold handle of the (gasps) knife. So she's grabbed it. So she jumps back and she's like, stand back, let her go or I'll kill you. (gasps) But now, of course, she's faced with two Elizabeths in front of her. This is so good. And for a second, she actually doesn't know which is which because they're both like panting and have tangled hair and skin streaked with blood because Jessica's bleeding everywhere. So they're both in a fucking heap. So she's kind of looking at them like, shit, which one is Liz? <laughs> um, and they're both like, I'm Liz, Jessica. No, I'm Liz. And I know, that old classic. <laughs> it really is. And it's very, I have to say, it's very satisfying. Mm. And poor Jessica, she knows if she gets this wrong, they're both dead. But of course, Margot, as ever, let down by her complete lack of chill, pounces. Yeah, she just couldn't contain herself. Uh, Never. So she takes a swipe at Jessica, uh, who then like loses her grip on the knife. So, you know, in the end, Margot still gets the knife back because knives just find their way to Margot. Oh, they do. Like magnets. Yeah. So now Margot has raised the knife. She's ready to strike again. And Jessica's like, oh, shit, I wasted her chance and she's going to kill us. Um, Yeah, so she thinks, no, she can kill me, but she's not going to get Elizabeth. Not as long as I've got breath in my body. So the blade is flashing through the air and Jessica once again throws herself on top of her sister, shielding Elizabeth's body with her own. We cut back outside and poor old Josh is fighting off Stephen, who's like yelling at Billy Mm. to call the police. Fat lot of good. (laughs) Um, But just as Josh is making one final effort to break uh, free, we're told assistance came from an unexpected quarter. Yes, well, here comes Todd running across the lawn at full speed somehow, even though it's like a muddy battlefield, apparently. Oh, yeah, they're Uh, able to just (laughs) prance across it. She's totally fine. So he flings himself on Steve and yanks him away from Josh and says, look, he's not the killer. There's a girl who looks just like Liz and Jess. And of course, Stephen is like, what? What are you talking about? But this is just the break Josh needed. So he kind of springs free, runs towards the pool house. He's like, come on and back me up. So all three of them like run in to the pool house uh, to be greeted by a scene of the Wakefield twins huddled at Margot's feet. <gasps> Josh watches in horror as Margot lifts her right arm. A knife blade flashed in the lightning. <gasps> it's so dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic. So he sees Margot slashing downwards right at the neck of one of the twins. But uh, yes, in, with the speed and strength born of desperation, oh like God. Josh probably hasn't eaten like more than 48 hours. He hasn't. I mean, that, that cop shop, we're not feeding him. They sure weren't. So he throws himself <gasps> at Margot a second <gasps> before it could sink into Jessica's flesh. <gasps> and he slams into Margot, knocking her off her feet. The knife sails from her hand, clattering harmlessly to the floor. <gasps> Arms flung wide. Margot crashed backward through the large window overlooking the swimming pool because <gasps> we're somehow on a floor and upper floor. I don't know how this pool house works. They didn't say we went upstairs at any point. (laughs) She's somehow (laughs) fallen out an upper floor window. (gasps) By the way, 
also told that when she moved the knife, it seems to move in slow motion, <laughs> one deadly inch at a time. <laughs> Even though he knew in reality it was plunging swiftly towards its mark. It fucking wasn't. I bet she was no, like, she was like, <laughs> <laughs> <super> close. <laughs> but Josh rises. There's a sickening thud. After, oh, sorry, first of all, Margot's eyes blaze with fury mm. uh, and her mouth opens wide in a blood-curdling shriek of pain and terror. Shit. Shards of glass flew through the air like raindrops. There was a sickening thud and the scream was cut <gasps> off abruptly. No! And what should be outside when Josh rises to his feet and looks and out. He looks out the shattered window and looking down at the patio again because we're somehow Where's the patio? There was literally no... Know. There was all grass a second ago and mud. <laughs> but he sees Margot lying motionless on her back. <gasps> a large triangular fragment of glass protruded from her throat. Fuck! Blood pulsed from the wound <gasps> mingling with the rain on the pavement. Her mouth was still stretched wide in a soundless scream <gasps> and her eyes were open. But the horrible, that root, face was lifeless. <laughs> like she looks like the Wakefields. She's hot, okay? <laughs> Horrible face. Jesus. Margot was dead. <laughs> We're both speechless. We're speechless. <laughs> I would pour one out now if it didn't ruin the carpet. We're in in a studio, it's very I nice. Think, studio. I think we have to raise <laughs> our hands. Margot, again. the cans. Clink. <laughs> oh, Margot. Oh, we hardly knew you. Well, we didn't know you quite well. We did pretty well. You were a lunatic, but RIP to a real one. <laughs> and especially RIP mm. to the voice. Honestly, she girl bossed too close to the sun. <laughs> she really did. Margot. <laughs> We will not see her like again until she until, comes back. <laughs> until we turn to the evil twin. <laughs> Where I am very intrigued about how she comes back. Me too. I like, I don't know that book at all. Like, she has a knife, uh, or sorry, not a knife, a big shard of glass out through her throat. Coming through her neck. Her face is her horrible, <laughs> her horrible and, face. Is lifeless. How are they going to talk their way out of this? I'm I'm just glad that they do. At oh, some I'm point. very glad. I like knowing that she's out there somewhere. Yeah, me too. This. It's comforting. Uh, <laughs> Karen looks so genuinely happy. The thought. She's, just, she's gonna be okay. <laughs> she's gonna it. make it after all. <laughs> well, meanwhile, uh, a stunned Liz comes to. She's basically, you know, almost passed out. Mm. And she and Jessica embrace. And Jessica, you know, can't believe how came, close she came to losing Liz. And Liz says, "You saved my life. My last thought of you, or my last thought was of you, Jess. And then you came, like an answer to my prayer." I knew you would. I love you, Jess. But Jessica's tears flow faster. (gasps) Yes, she insists. Liz, she says, you can't love me if you only knew. And she kind of breaks off and sobs against Liz's shoulder. But like, (laughs) Liz thought of the mistakes Jessica had made and the lies she told. And then she contemplated Margot's horrible, murderous plot. Like, and thinks, I was just face to face with true malice, with pure evil. That girl was a monster. Jessica, though, she's only human. Come on now. I mean, first of all, is she? But also, second of all, if like Margot is your benchmark for like, now that's bad. <laughs> like, she's literally killed multiple people and wanted to murder you and take your place. Oh, God. And was like taking your identity. Like, that's a very, that, that the, the, the bar is very low. It's a very skewed system there. <laughs> it is. But yeah, so she says, I do know Jessica, but it's okay. She smiled through her tears, overcome with thankfulness that she'd lived to say these words to her sister. 
I forgive you. For fuck's sake. And lads, that is like the conclusion of Jessica having spiked Liz's drink. Nobody else knows. No. Only Liz and Jess I don't know. think they ever do know because actually they, they, I've read the next sure book and they don't. That's it, bossed off mentioned. now. Like nobody else knows. There's no fucking consequences for that particular stunt of Jessica's no. like in terms of the truth coming out. It just doesn't. So that's that. Yeah. And that is very unsatisfying. Very <laughs> unsatisfying. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that they didn't keep that mm. massive shadow going on for the next book. Yeah. But at part of me is like, why bring it up at all? Like, why have that Ugh, a thing? If it's just going to be like, oh, you saved my life and now everything's yeah, fine. Everything's it's like, fine. It's like, yeah, it, they kind of decided that like, yes, like Margot's plot, yeah, just overshadows all of this and now I've got perspective and now yeah. that we're alive, I don't care about that anymore. But it's, it's like, still really bad. It's still pretty terrible though. Like, if you were in Juvenile Hall, I guess Margot wouldn't have been able to do her scheme. Well, there you How go. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's no thanks to Jessica, you're not. No. Like, it's just thanks to that convenient uh, drug driver. Oh God. And you've still got, you still don't have a driver's license. Because everyone thinks she's uh, she was drink driving. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, they emerge from the pool house arm in arm. The cops have finally turned <laughs> up, and Margot's body has been removed by an ambulance. And uh, Josh has told all about the mm. plot. We're told the police seem to believe him now. <laughs> what? <It's> so shit. They <laughs> are. So then they look to the dawn sky <laughs> as the clouds finally disperse, and I'm thinking. What the hell time does it get light there in winter? Because I can tell you, somebody woke up at eight o'clock this morning when it was pitch dark. It is not getting dark here. We are recording this on the twentieth mm. yes. of December. Uh it is like I know California is probably not quite as bad as here, but like it is it is dawn does not happen till nine o'clock. Mm. Like how is it have they been just emerged from the pool house? Margaret was very slow with that night. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <God. laughs> it's nine hours later. Nine hours later. Oh, the dawn is breaking. What <laughs> light Yeah, that makes no sense at all. <laughs> well, Jessica sees like the, you know, the, the, the sun is coming through the clouds, mm, yes. <laughs> allegedly. Well, it works better as a metaphor for yes. the dawn break. She thinks the storm is over. Oh. Finally. <laughs> and she thinks of the events of the recent past, the long road of horrible incidents that have brought them to this climactic moment in quite a lot of them triggered by you. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. <laughs> she can't believe any of it really happened. It's just, uh, and my notes do say, Please don't recap all these horrible incidents again. I would not put it past you, Ghost Rider, but just... (laughs) Please restrain yourself just this once. But it's all over now. Mm. And Elizabeth gestured towards the golden globe of the sun, just bursting over the horizon. How long have they been there? And bathing the world in fresh, pure light. (gasps) And thinks, see, it's a new morning, Jess. It's a new year. Mm. And Alice then finally... You know, <laughs> makes her statement, I guess. <laughs> yes, as uh, Liz had said those words, the twins' mother reached them. It's like, <sighs> how long did it take? Like, they do say the party had broken up a while before, but still, look, it is dawn, so it is like fully the next morning. But next also, day. they've just emerged from the pool house arm in arm. Oh, so, what? Like, I don't know. Um, Please <laughs> tell us, California listeners, what time it gets light at in 1st of January. Anyway, yes, uh, she, the, the, Alice reaches them, pulls them both tightly against her. My girls, she said, smiling through her tears. My beautiful twin girls. And that is <gasps> the evil twin. <gasps> Holy shit. Raising oh my, my glass. I mean, my cast. Clinking them again. <laughs> oh my God. Like that was 
Fucking great crack. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I think... Mm, special way into the jingle bells. Oh, absolutely. Do you have <sighs> stats and efforts? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay, let's see. Go on. Uh, okay, yes. So, the Wakefield... Oh, yeah. It's a bit confusing because, of course, we've got Wakefield and blondness, Margot blondness. It's a whole thing. Oh, yeah. But oh. Strictly Wakefield blondness. Jessica and Elizabeth. Real Jessica, real Liz. Got eight mentions. Blue Green Eyes only got one mention. But. What? Okay, but bear with me. (laughs) Margot's blondness got two mentions, but her Blue Green Eyes got six mentions. Oh my God. My mind is a whirl. Exactly. But then also, Margot's dark hair got six mentions. (laughs) So So that was still in the mix in like the dreams and they kept recapping the dreams. dreams. Okay. You see? Yeah. Wow, Uh, that is a lot. And then people cry a grand total (laughs) of 30 times. Holy shit. Which has finally beaten the arrest, which has up to now held the record at 22 instances. That is a lot more. Wow. So we hit 30. 30. Yep. Fucking hell. I know. That is amazing. Wow. They are very impressive stats. Slightly confusing stats. A little confusing is the thing. Because whenever Margot is, or, you know, her blondness and blue-green eyes are being described, it's because she's being one of the twins. But look. true. It's, yeah, it got very confusing. So outfits are a little more straightforward, at least, uh, because we have Lila in uh, some of her new Parisian duds. She's got uh, a red miniskirt and a baggy black sweater. But you know, yeah. like it doesn't sound super exciting. No. But it does sound nice. It does. You it know? sounds pretty cool. I like it. Fair enough. Uh, oh, that was just the Waterford Crystal Files because I was very excited about that. Oh, go on. <laughs> no, no, that was it. I already read out what that was like. I just got very excited to see Waterford mentioned. <laughs> understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Then Liz does consider uh, a dress for the New Year's party. Uh, so there, it must have long sleeves because she's kind of touching the sleeve of a dark purple silk dress. Oh! <gasps> Well, can't go wrong with silk. Certainly can't. We know Not that this time. <laughs> we know that much. Uh, we also had yes. Okay, so the dress that Jessica wears to the New Year's Eve party and that is actually pictured on the cover, secretly behind the barcode. Oh, so confusing. <laughs> was uh, the dress she borrowed from Amy, which is a sequined cobalt blue dress. Oh, it's got a ruffled taffeta hem that she gives a flirty flip. <gasps> of course, uh, she does. It also has bare spaghetti straps. And she wears that, I believe, with, uh, yes, little silver earrings that are in the shape of a bow with uh, fake sapphires. Nice blue theme. Very I nice. I like it. She stays on theme. She uh, does. Pamela. Very coordinated. <laughs> Pamela at the party. Oh, yeah. She wears a strapless plum velvet sheath. But then Lila says no one's wearing purple. That's true. I've only just realised. Oh, my God. Seriously, how many ghostwriters write this? Like, <laughs> I've never seen so much inconsistency in happening? one book. <laughs> like, it's bad enough where it's other books in a series, yeah. but, like, the actual book? Like, come on. Like, within a chapter. <laughs> Who's proofreading this? <laughs> Nobody. Well, yeah. I think we've learned that, yeah. actually. Sorry. Why am I even saying it? <laughs> then Lila's dress for the party is a flouncy black chiffon dress. Mm-hmm. She gives a little flip. Of course she, she does. from Paris, so it's real fancy. Oh, la, la. Uh, Enid is wearing a dark green velvet dress, which I think is also long-sleeved and it's beautiful and matches the colour of her eyes exactly. Oh, I do like a long-sleeved party dress, mm. actually, I have to say. A long-sleeved Same. mini is a is a favourite yes, crush of mine. And then, and we also, well, we, we know what uh, Margot and Liz were wearing oh, we because sure it was do. like strapless fuchsia pink. They do say it's short, but it's not on the cover. Like no, it's a proper ball gown on the cover. It's like a prom dress. Yeah, like it's, exactly. you know, tight waist. Yeah. 
Big skirt. But a good dress and some good party outfits in there. I Very believe. good party outfits. I'm, I mean, worthy of the whole book. I think so. <gasps> well, oh listeners. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, we're are you still with us. Are you still with us? We're two <laughs> drinks in. Um, do let us know what you thought. You had many things to say about uh, the first part of the Evil Twin, <laughs> which of course we very much appreciated. Um, uh, hearing all your thoughts about it, um, you. I mean, obviously the big thanks to Ruth for oh sharing my God. those lyrics, <laughs> which she she wrote on the bus, I believe. Yeah, amazing. Very impressive. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, Bovins of Button said, so excited, not least for the lack of sec- lacklustre security at the casa, especially in the light of multiple kidnappings. To <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty> fair. <laughs> um, also, Car- Carol V014 was, and I'm not the only person, I think, that said, one thing I was wondering while listening was the absence of <gasps> Prince Albert. That is such a good point. Oh my yes. God. Can't believe we didn't bring this up. I know. Yeah, because we love Prince Albert too. <laughs> I mean, he's our favourite Wayfield, <laughs> as we keep Wayfield. saying. Best blonde ever. Yeah. Um, she said, I know they always forget about him, but I know he would have known Margaret was an imposter immediately. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would think of it. Maybe it's best that he's not around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Yeah, and that, that is so true. Like, if, like... Margot tried to fake it with Prince Albert like he would simply not be having that oh he wouldn't there's no way she would pull that off I mean he'd smell he, that well, she didn't smell that she wasn't right. the right person completely but as as uh, Carol pointed out it probably is for the best Prince Albert wasn't here because oh, you wouldn't put it past Margot to stab it out oh she so. would 100% best stab chances. Prince yeah. Albert <laughs> oh. So uh, I'm, we're, I'm also, I'm pleased to see that some, some listeners, Pippi Ann Shirley said she needed distraction because her grandpa died this week. So Aww. lots of love to you, Pippi Ann Shirley, mm. and uh, very, very sorry for your loss and, and hope we are giving you some distraction in uh, with these ridiculous, ridiculous tales. Um, because and we also heard the pan switch was uh, was listening to Margot during baby's late night feedings. They're full of great sweet body parenting tips. <laughs> so we're very happy to be of service, whatever you need us for. Absolutely. Yes, I think was it uh, Magpie's Nest Ceremonies said, <laughs> uh, I couldn't have planned the six hour train journey for a better day. But for someone who never leaves the house without a <gasps> knife or two, Margot sure doesn't like to stab people, burn, drown, strangle, run over, drop uh, from a height. The knife is right there, girl. Maybe it'll all turn around in part two. Well, she did. She tried. She had a go. She was just too slow with it. So slow. I'm just imagining that knife coming down very, very, very slowly. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Lada Scrub had as she what she describes as my new insane fan theory. Margot and Nora mm-hmm. are secretly <laughs> surrendered. Are the secretly surrendered to the stage love children of Alice and Hank Batman. <laughs> The engagement may have been aborted, but its consequences weren't. That's so good. Oh, good. <laughs> and then said, Marie Patman and Margaret would vibe so hard and maybe stab Olivia together. <laughs> that absolutely checks out <laughs> fully. <laughs> Oh God, I like how um, Wendy pointed out that if the casa did start speaking to Margot, surely the kitchen would speak Spanish. Oh, claro que sí. <laughs> Beck the 
the wolf said, Margot's strolling down the SVH halls. I can imagine the only soundtrack in her head being, look right down and crowd it all. You'll see this beauty standing. Is she really everywhere? <laughs> or my next victim, Lana Scrub oh, added. So good. Uh, a couple of people uh, did chime in to point out that houses in California do not have basements uh, because, you know, earthquakes and all. Uh, so, yeah, Daniela Fromage was one such uh, listener who pointed that out. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, and also says that, yeah, in California at Christmas time, it would be very dark at 6 p.m. storm or not. Uh, and if the power went in the house, it would likely knock out the streetlights as well. Because oh, we were yeah. worried about it. was it pitch darkness. Pitch dark. But there you go. Yeah, if, I suppose if yeah the power in a block was gone, then yeah, streetlights would go too. By the way, there were Kate Eva. Kate Diva said, there were two moments where I knew my husband was the one. The first was when he got down on his hands and knees and fished out all the cat toys my asshole cat had put (laughs) under there. The second was on a long car trip when he let me take a dollar in painstaking detail. (laughs) The plot of the evil twin. (laughs) That's it, don't worry. I waited until we were married to introduce him to Nora. Amazing. (laughs) Oh, he's a keeper. He sure is. Lady Rag said, how could Margot read, read the locker combination from far away? Same way she magically grows a dimple in her left cheek. She's a witch. I mean, it was right there. It's all the, the only time. explanation it's that makes <laughs> any truly. sense. What? I mean, none of the explanations really make sense. <laughs> we do our best. Um, we did. Uh, we did also hear Bobbins and Buttons suggested more Margot-style Christmas songs, hacking around <laughs> the Christmas tree. A jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, rock to the head. Best. <laughs> Victims roasting on an open fire. And then all uh, Livy Grant chimed in with All I want for Christmas is blue Green contacts the colour of the Pacific Ocean I love it I love all of it By the way, the Livy Grant said It occurred to me that Ned Wakefield assumes this trip is bribery Intended to influence the outcome of the case he's working on And he's absolutely going to accept Yep Uh, Gotham Oracle on Twitter uh, did point out yes Jessica's had two boyfriends die in the space of a month she's going to become known as the Black Widow of Sweet Valley High (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's surprising she hasn't like they they really don't uh, they, they, they don't sort of bring this mm. up in the future as much as I think in real life they you definitely would they probably would oh, yes. yes they also did say R.I.P. to James Himbo Biker and I think it was actually Gotham Oracle had uh, pointed out ages ago that they could only think of um, the guy from Twin Peaks when they were thinking of like Moody Biker oh, yes <laughs> oh my god called James you say and that's truly all I've been able to picture since seeing that tweet whenever they talked about James in the books that but, all kind of checks out because you know Twin Peaks is full of unfeasibly hot People yes. and teens True. and like everyone's obsessed with a blonde. And actually mm. bringing it full circle. Mm-hmm. So you might remember a while ago I recorded an episode in London in my mother-in-law's <laughs> studio yes. that he has in that garden. The actor who plays James has been in that studio. What? Because he came over for a Twin Peaks fest <laughs> and <laughs> recorded something in the studio. Stop it. <laughs> so it's the circle of wow. life. Holy shit. 
But uh, yeah, he is now you know, in his 50s or something. So he's no longer a teen himbo biker. No, but you know, it's in his resume. <laughs> it is. He will always be that guy. Yes. Well, um, so uh, thank you, everybody, for getting in touch <laughs> with us. You know how much we love hearing from you. And you have made uh, made us laugh oh and sometimes cry. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Over the last 12 months. It's true. And it is very nice to be in a studio together. It is. With our cans. This is lovely. <laughs> with our cans and our onion dip. We're Yay. clinking again. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's it's the end of an era in Sweet Valley. Obviously not the end of the podcast. No, no. And I can tell you, I have read ahead. Now, I was, you know, feeling like, mm. what's going to, you know, how can anything live up to Margot? No, yeah. And it can't. No. Except that, listeners. She's gone. <laughs> For now. <laughs> However, I did read the next book, which I had read in the past. I, I It was very familiar when I was reading it. Okay. And it was really entertaining. Oh, nice. So it's got okay. Lila and Jessica in mm. the Caribbean. Nice. Fighting Love over it. a flowing locked windsurfer. <laughs> it's got Excellent. Liz, Edith and Olivia sort of forming a sort of classic movie club. They're going to loads of okay. matinees and seeing parallels Cute. between... Uh, their current situations and classic films, okay. real classic films. And it's got the revelation of Alice and Hank. <gasps> okay. Which was clearly then retconned into the yes, second into Wakefield the, the saga. Aha, uh-huh, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, so what to look forward to in yeah. this new era that's coming. Yeah, there really is. So hmm. don't be, I mean, I know we're all mourning Margot. We are. We're all true. very sad. <laughs> but there will be good, good things coming. Yeah, good stuff ahead. And uh, we are going to take a little break mm. over Christmas. Yes. But uh, if you cannot wait that long and you would like to catch up on a backlog <laughs> where we talk shit <laughs> about a programme that has sort of got very close to our hearts. Honestly, it's endeared itself. It really has. So much to it. Like way more than I ever thought it would. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought it would be a so bad it's, you yeah. know, maybe you know, we'll <clears throat> take the piss out of a yeah. situation. Yeah, that's what I thought we were getting into. Yes. <laughs> Yet I have great affection. I think we both do for the mm. Sweet Valley High TV series, which you can hear us discuss by signing up to Headstuff Plus. Yes, if you head on over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up to support this show and mm-hmm. all this nonsense. Uh, yeah, so when you do that, you can sign up for as little as five euro a month. A mere trifle. <laughs> Less than a can of booze. Um, yes, and when you do so, you get access to all our bonus content and everybody else's bonus content on the network because there's loads of good stuff on there too. Uh, but yeah, but most importantly, you get access to PBA. And you get to be in our cool, like non-gender specific sorority. Yeah, it's a non-toxic sorority where nobody will ever be bullied. It's very true. Yes, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, just chat about the Sweet Valley High TV show uh, episode by episode. It's basically the main show, but just like about a TV show. Like a parallel universe. Kind of, of Sweet yeah. Valley. And in fact, the show itself is nearly like Sweet Valley fan fiction because it is just yes. kind of its own thing. Deranged. We fancy Winston a Oh lot. my God, so much. Like, I swear to God, it's ridiculous. But it's great fun. Like, we have such good crack chatting about that show. Like, we genuinely like it so much. We do. I mean, I think we've got Stockholm Syndrome, but like, it's... Maybe that's what it is. But I'm just, I love the cast. I just love, like, there's some properly solid jokes in it oh, too, to be fair. Oh, and very good comic performances. There you from go. quite a few yeah. of the stars. There's so. loads to get stuck into. And yeah, we just, like, wrapped up season two of that. So there's, there's two full seasons yeah. 
44. bonus content. Yeah, 44 episodes. Pay five quid, Man. listeners. You can get it all. Come on, it's a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the hard sell done. That's what Margot would want. <laughs> so, yes, if uh, we will, um, I mean, if you want to join Pi Beta Alpha, that will keep you going mm. for the next four weeks. And we will return in January. I mean, I cannot believe it is that far away. Oh my God, yeah. Well, like, like, not even January, what no, it'll, be, it'll yeah. probably be the beginning of February. Beginning of February, I'd say. Yeah, like we'll, we'll get back to recording at the end of January because it's nice to just have a little break uh, from all the madness <laughs> to recharge. Exactly. So Which we'll, we do uh, definitely need. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, we will see you all back here in, I guess, I guess a month. When mm. we find out what happens in a post-Margot world <gasps> where I can tell you because I have read it, she is just brushed off oh. with like a single sentence about <gasps> some psycho who came along and oh. tried to kill everybody. Rude. But we'll find out what happens when Lila and Jessica <gasps> face off against each other <gasps> in a Caribbean resort. Oh my God. In a kiddies corner. What? <laughs> in the boyfriend war. Ooh. <laughs> See you then, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Hooray. <laughs> happy Christmas. <laughs> Who's that? She's back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.